0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
1: What are you talking about? No, it's not him. It. There is only one more. There is only one. More! There's, that's it! One more! Get it around! No! They saw your team. Put up zero effort. Wake up! Remember in the old days they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this, this,
0: this is the Sports Loud mouth! Yay! Man, can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks and Speedy Beatty. You're not even a has been. Here never was, here never was,
2: here never was. March 9th, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the sports loudmouths. I'm your host, Deryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. is the number to call. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, check out all... Our listings of shows, and ladies and gentlemen, you can listen to the Sports Mounts, which airs every single Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. as you're listening to us live and in color right now on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, all of them. We are on every single platform. Speeder, what's up, man?
3: A little disappointed with my
2: New York Rangers.
4: <laughs> not, not doing so
3: well against a How do you tanking like that evil laugh right there? Canadians, Well, you're the uh, evil purple Urple, according to our uh, comic book guest from a couple of years ago. That's right. Yes. I am the evil purple Urple. Your uh, villain origin story. If you want to mm. convey that to the listeners on air, you can more than do that for another intro. But... I don't
2: think it would fit. This show tonight. That's
3: why I said another time.
2: It should be another time. But we've we've had so many great shows throughout uh, the network for years. And there's so many great guests, including last night's guests and tonight's guests. We've had a tremendous amount of personalities on this show. And you being one
3: of them, Speedy. Remember when you first came on this network? 2017, yes. It was my cousin's birthday. I remember that one.
2: I remember it. And you were wearing a suit. I was. And you were... You know, pitching yourself to me and telling me a lot about you in college, your analytics, and, and all the different things that you did in college in Connecticut. And and now you're here. You've been with me for, what, five years now?
3: Yeah, about five and a half.
2: Five, five and, seven, and a half yeah. years with the biggie. And, and look where you are now. Look where you are now, Speedy. You're working and jerking, right? Jerking? Yeah. Do you like beef jerky? That's all right. What do you mean it's all right? You it's don't like right. beef jerky. It's all
3: right. It's I like beef skin. jerky. Okay. <laughs> have
2: you ever jerked the jerky? No. Well, you have to think about it. Think about it.
3: Why would I think about that?
2: Jerking a jerky.
3: No. You ever
2: you ever stretched you ever stretched the jerky? No. Well, you have to try that. Stretch that beef jerky and then eat it.
3: Why would I have any reason to do
2: that? It's delicious, Speedy. You have to taste and stretch. The beef jerky. I'm not going to – I need to stretch it to taste it, but okay. Yeah, well, it's, it's a part of this wonderful side of our network. So you have to try it one time. No, I'm not going to. Okay, anyways, at 9.30, we'll be talking to WPLG, Miami sports anchor and reporter, Clay Ferraro. And at 10 o'clock, we will be talking to former Rockies, Pirates, Cardinals, Catcher, and current. AT&T Sportsnet MLB analyst, Michael McHenry. He will be joining us a little bit later in the show for the first time on this show. So we're very lucky to get him on, and uh, we'll get into a lot of baseball, the baseball classic, and all the craziness of what's going to go on this season as a lot went on today for the New York Yankees. We'll get into that in just a few moments. Uh, The Jets meet again with Aaron Rodgers today. Very optimistic about making this trade. So uh, we will get into that. The Jets also cut Braxton Berrios and trade for safety Chuck Clark from the Ravens. I'm sure you're going to see a lot of uh, players being dropped by the Jets and some additions in free agency and maybe at trades because uh, obviously the New York Jets are trying to land Aaron Rodgers. So they're going to have to free some salary cap. Uh, several NFL players, including J.J. Watt and the Honey Badger, accused the NFL for collusion trading for Lamar Jackson. So we'll get into that. I'm sure there's a lot to get into with that. We uh, Everybody heard my uh, my monologue yesterday about the whole Lamar Jackson thing. A lot more to get into. Former NFL general manager Michael Lombardi believes the Rams would love to trade Matthew Stafford this offseason not surprised. Uh, with the shoulder injury, uh, nobody believes that Matthew Stafford will ever be at 100% again. And he has a, a back injury, too, that could really be career-ending. So, uh, very interesting story. Kevin Durant suffers a grade 2 ankle sprain in warm-ups last night. Couldn't miss the rest of the regular season. So, after the trade, he finally gets to play a home game and gets hurt shooting baskets. So, there you go. Kevin Durant falling apart. Carlos Rodon suffers a left forearm injury in first spring training start. Will likely miss the first month of the season. Some people say he could be back at the end of April or the beginning of May. So, uh, very interesting for the Yankees. As they already lost... uh, Uh, An important piece to that uh, pitching staff and Frankie Montaz, who had shoulder surgery uh, a couple of weeks ago. He will be out practically the whole season, be back at the end of the season at best. So not good for the Yankees. Aaron Judge reportedly turned down an offer over $50 million more from the Padres in order to return to the Yankees this offseason. So we'll get into that as Aaron Judge uh, showing you why he wants to be a Yankee for life. The captain, Capitano, Right? You like that? Capitano? At this rate, he might have to pitch if there's any more injuries. <laughs> uh, stop making jokes about the Yankees, because... We haven't heard anything from the Mets yet, but we will. Very, very I'm soon. I'm not denying
3: that. I, I was the one that was not, did not like the Verlander fans. I know so. you
2: want to make fun of the Yankees. Everybody wants to throw the Yankees under the bus, as everybody believes the Yankees are coming out of the American League this year. And with uh, the two early pitching injuries, a lot of people are smirking and laughing about it. But uh, the Yankees always laugh last time. so there you go.
3: Uh, snug to, uh, go, reply to your comment, uh, Kenny might come on if he calls uh, oh, how Anchorage wonderful. Man. We'll try to get Anchorage Man on again before the NBA playoffs, mm-hmm. but he will not be on tonight. Uh, why do they love him so much? Because <laughs> he was he was praising he's a the Celtics guy. Yeah, Malcolm Brogdon move. I don't even know if he was a Celtics fan. He was just praising the move,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and they call him the Anchorage Man. And you know why they call him the Anchorage Man? For our friend Jeffrey, yes, Mr. Jeff from Tampa. So why don't we get into uh, the Aaron Rodgers thing. And the Jets and everybody here in New York can't wait for the announcement that the New York Jets trade for Aaron Rodgers. They set the deal. Some people believe it could be a second and a fourth, maybe moved next year to a second-round pick, depending on how well the Jets play this year uh, with Aaron Rodgers if he gets traded to the Jets. I don't know what the trade will entail but we all know that the Jets are trying really 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 hard in landing the star quarterback. Now, last year he didn't have one of those seasons. There are some thoughts that Aaron Rodgers is starting to break break down. And and that's I mean uh, the conversation that everybody has been speaking about over the last couple of years. And and remember about 3, well Two and a half years ago, he was an MVP back-to-back years. But everybody was waiting for that left shoe to fall for Aaron Rodgers. Maybe because of his age, being that he's 39 years old. Two years ago, he was 37. He won an MVP. Aaron Rodgers threw 24 touchdowns last year. He led the NFC in touchdowns. Who did he throw to last year? What type of player or players did he throw to Robert Tunyon Christian Watson a rookie who didn't even really break out until the end of the season Lazar give me a break they didn't have one wide receiver or tight end in the top 100 of the league last year Christian Watson finally broke out in the last six games of the season now, do I think Christian Watson's going to be a player? No question. No question, he proved that he is going to be a player for the future for the Green Bay Packers. But everybody's sitting here today and crying for Aaron Rodgers to go to the Jets. And I know there's a lot of Jet haters, a lot of Boston haters out there, the New England Patriots, even the Buffalo Bills fans don't want to see Aaron Rodgers come to the AFC East. There's a lot of reasons why. Aaron Rodgers automatically will be the third best quarterback in the AFC. Automatically. I mean, you want to pick Joe Burrows? Pick Joe Burrow. You want to pick Patrick Mahomes? Pick Patrick Mahomes. There's not any other quarterback in the AFC that you can honestly take over Aaron Rodgers besides those two quarterbacks. Josh Allen's a great quarterback. Is he better than Aaron Rodgers when 100% healthy? No, he's not. Lamar Jackson. We don't even know if he's going to be on Baltimore this year. Is he better than Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers is 100% healthy? No, he's not. We all know what some of the young quarterbacks, even Russell Wilson, who's been a, a, an achieving quarterback over the years in the NFC, and now coming to the AFC. We haven't seen it yet. Yes, they have Sean Payton there. Yes, this the divisions in the AFC are so much better than the NFC. Competition brings out the best in a player. Ask any superstar player that's played in any sport, any league. If Aaron Rodgers came to the AFC East, does that make Aaron Rodgers that much better? Is he going to play that much harder coming to the AFC East with the Jets? Which, by the way, probably has the most talent he's ever played with in his whole career. Offensively. If you look at the teams that Aaron Rodgers played for, was Randall Cobb any good at any point of his career? Honestly, he wasn't. Jordy Nelson was great, fantastic for the three or four years that he was dominant in Green Bay. When he went to Oakland, was he good? He wasn't. Adams has been the only wide receiver leaving the Green Bay Packers that showed that he could still be an elite player. The Jets have an opportunity to bring in a star quarterback to help this team and these young players grow right in front of our eyes. Maybe take them to a Super Bowl for the first time since 1969. Since Joe Namath put a hex on the New York Jets. Never! To win another Super Bowl again. Maybe until the day he dies. Maybe his retirement of number 12. And taking out retirement. And giving it to Aaron Rodgers. Might give the Jets a little bit of luck. I sit here today. And as a Jet fan. As a fan of the NFL. Yes. I want to see Aaron Rodgers go to the Jets. Not just because I root on the Jets. Because he is going to bring a superstar player to New York and help these young players, the Brees Halls, the Garrett Wilsons, the Elijah Moores, to be better players. Automatically gives the Jets... The quarterback that they've been craving for, for such a long time. Mark Sanchez took the Jets to -to back-to-back AFC title games in the mid-2000s. He did. With Rex Ryan, that great defense. They knocked off the New England Patriots. They knocked off Peyton Manning, the Indianapolis Colts. They couldn't beat Pittsburgh. They couldn't get over the hump because of the quarterback play. They finally have or finally will get a quarterback that could step in and automatically in almost every single one of the games that they play this year will have an advantage for the first time in every single game behind the line of center. So yes, Jet fans are excited when you hear it. You hear, obviously, Stephen A. Smith saying that he hasn't been to a Jet game, a live Jet game, in over 10 years. But if Aaron Rodgers gets traded to the Jets, he will be there every Sunday at MetLife Stadium when Aaron Rodgers is playing for the New York football Jets. Why can't you be excited? There are so many analysts here in New York. They have their own shows. Greedy. On ESPN. Been a Jet fan his whole life. has been crying for a quarterback to take this team to a Super Bowl for many, many years. With all the talent that the Jets have had over the years. And I don't want to hear it. They've had talent. Defensively. They've had some of the best defenses we've seen in the AFC for the last 15 years. And because they had no offense, because they had no quarterback, they could never find a way to put the, put the ball in the end zone. So your, your optimism for Joe Douglas making a move like this? Absolutely absolutely puts the Jets in a position where you're going to be saying that they're a contender for the first time in years. You can't sit here and cry that Patrick Mahomes is that much better and the Kansas City Chiefs are that much better than Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. Should we be optimistic? I absolutely am optimistic. And I am optimistic that our friend Jeff will be eating doggy doo-doo after that happens. You know why? Because he was so sure of himself that Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers have no chance of going to the New York Jets. Everybody praying that the Jets don't get their guy because it's always been the Jets' way. The Jets' way is they never get their guy. Never. And then finally... There's talks that they could finally get their guy in a trade and not have to give up a first-round draft pick. That is a big story here in New York. It's a big story all over the country. And does Aaron Rodgers want to be here? I don't know. But obviously, when it's there's reports throughout the country th- through multiple analysts saying that this deal could almost be done and that the Jets are starting to drop players like Braxton Berrios and make a move for Chuck Clark because they're probably getting rid of Whitehead's contract and moving contracts around because they want to bring Aaron Rodgers here. They want to sign Quentin Williams and maybe add a player or two. From the Green Bay Packers that are free agents to give Aaron Rodgers uh, some optimism to come here to New York. I think you should be excited, Speedy. I, I mean, there's nothing that you can complain about this right now. This is a good day. If the Jets could land Aaron Rodgers before March 15th, it's going to be a great weekend as a New York Jet fan.
3: There are also some beliefs, too, that the Jets might not even have to trade a second-round pick this year at this point. It's gotten so bad from the on the from the from Packers' standpoint that there's a lot of executives that believe it might only take a third-round pick this year and then maybe a second-round pick next year or even just multiple third-round picks down the road in future drafts. And that's what Joe Douglas is going to prioritize because the Packers waited so long at this point that they're continuing to lose value. There were reports on the combine from their GM and from their ownership that they love Jordan Love at this point, so that's going to downgrade the value even more, but they're definitely not getting a first-round pick at this point. And even the reports that were coming out a couple days ago that they might even get a 2024 first-round pick are not looking good now because there's negotiations that the Jets don't want to pay all that salary. So if the Packers are going to take on salary, that'd probably be their only chance of getting a first-round pick, and are they going to want to do that? So the Jets are really in the driver's seat now when it comes to these negotiations where they're negotiating where they may only have to take on half the salary or they may have to pay less draft picks in order to do that. So the Jets might even get to keep their first and their second round pick this year, which would give them help, more help on that offensive line and more help of the middle of that field or that defense or wherever they want to go in the draft. And that's going to help Aaron Rodgers a lot. And it's going to want to keep Aaron Rodgers there for longer if he stays healthy. Obviously, he has to stay healthy. Now, the two-year two window is what we're expecting out of Aaron Rodgers. As we mentioned yesterday, the last two years are kind of just cat catfada at this point. But still... Those two years with this roster, a lot of them on rookie contracts and a lot of them in key positions, the Jets are in a good position if they could do that without having to give a first or second round pick this year would be incredible. There
2: are stories coming out that the Jets reached out to Las Vegas on possibly making a move for Adams. Now, I don't know how true this is, but this could actually possibly happen. Now, I don't think Adams coming to the Jets makes sense. It doesn't. But maybe a deal with bringing Aaron Rodgers here, maybe that was one of the possible moves that Aaron Rodgers wants to come to New York. Now, I don't know how long Aaron wants to play. There are stories coming out from his camp that he wants to play at least another two years, maybe even three. It made a lot of sense why the Jets didn't go after Derek Carr. Derek Carr was going to sign a four- or five-year deal. He also wanted to know what Zach Wilson future with the Jets was going to be. And everything that we've heard Joe Douglas say is that he believes that Zach Wilson will be the future for the New York Jets, just not now. Aaron Rodgers coming here, what is it, two years? Two years, and then Zach Wilson will be going into his fifth year. The Jets give him his fifth-year option, and they see what he has. If he's a failure, they move on. If they win a Super Bowl and he fails... Nobody's going to speak about the draft pick and and the second pick in the first round that the Jets wasted on Zach Wilson. No, because they finally win a Super Bowl or go to a Super Bowl for the first time in 52, 53 years.
3: And that's the incentive you want to do in today's league. If you don't have the elite of the elite young quarterback, you have to be able to get a good veteran quarterback, or in this case Aaron Rodgers, a great veteran quarterback, with a lot of other players on rookie contracts. You always want the quarterback on the rookie contracts as the first idea. That's the model of teams building now. But we've also seen teams do the opposite, like the Buccaneers and the Rams that have won Super Bowls recently. Why can't the Jets do that same kind of thing, especially with a lot of homegrown talent, and a lot of that talent, key positions, wide receivers, corners, They have the defensive line, they have a lot of depth in that. And even if they do pay Paycon Williams a lot, they still have a lot of good depth, even losing some. So the Jets have a lot of key positions filled where – Everything, like like you were saying, trading for Chuck Clark, they could just do in trades, small-scale trades. They only give up a seventh-round pick next year for that, and they could fill linebacker and interior offensive line that way, and if these other young receivers, Mims and Moore, still don't work out, maybe they trade for another receiver at the deadline, but they cut Barrios to shed $5 million, and that's a good start, and they have enough ability and flexibility to to get those positions filled with veteran players.
2: And you sit here right now, and if the Jets didn't get Aaron Rodgers, the third guy, the optional guy, is Jimmy Garoppolo. There are many teams... in. Interested in Jimmy Garoppolo, but does he fit the New York Jets if the Jets strike out on Aaron Rodgers? The answer would be no. The answer would absolutely be no. Now, we all knew that going into this offseason, there was going to be a quarterback carousel with all these veteran quarterbacks that were going to be available this offseason. Lamar Jackson is actually available now. Teams could start negotiating with Lamar Jackson. All they have to do is give up two first round draft picks and give him guaranteed money. And we will get into Lamar Jackson and the collusion and craziness that's going on with the NFL, really hurting the opportunity for Lamar Jackson to get what he wants this offseason as a not a free agent, but uh, almost an, uh, a free agent. Because, you know, <laughs> with them franchising him, they're just not giving him. Any options here, except if, any, if a team wants to give up two first-round draft picks. And I do believe they could have gotten more than two first-round draft picks. And that's why I think the Ravens struck out on this move. They struck out. Because even if another team negotiates with Lamar Jackson and offers two first-round draft picks, guess what? Baltimore can match it. They can match it. This whole thing, this dragging along because everybody thinks that Baltimore doesn't think that Lamar can get what he wants. Let me tell you something. Deshaun Watson received guaranteed money from the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson, I believe, was, before he got hurt, before he missed two years, Deshaun Watson was a top-five quarterback in the league. I would argue he was the best quarterback in the league. But two years away from the sport, and he got $230 million guaranteed. Kyler Murray, who I like. I loved him before last year. Kyler Murray got his money. Guaranteed money. So did the coach. He's gone. Kingsbury is now hanging out in Japan or Korea or wherever the hell he is. One-way it to,
3: to Thailand.
2: And Kyler, Murray, Kyler Murray's not even going to start this season as the starting quarterback as the, uh, for the Arizona Cardinals because he's going to be sitting on the sidelines because of an ACL tear.
3: Not only that, he, only doesn't, he allegedly doesn't like his new coach either, so that doesn't help to even bode to come back at all. How could you sit here today
2: and not feel bad for Lamar Jackson? You have to feel bad for Lamar Jackson. And you're hearing that there is collusion, and I'll read this right here. Several NFL players, okay, I'm, I'm going to read this right now. I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it right up right here. Many, many NFL analysts and former players believe there is collusion against Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Several teams, including the Falcons, Panthers, Dolphins, and Commanders, have reported they are out. On trading for Lamar Jackson. Raiders still remain interested. Not surprised. They're not getting him. But still aren't thinking of him as a main priority. And the Jets are still thought of as an option. But now that they're in with Aaron Rodgers. And he doesn't seem like he's retiring. According to Sports Illustrated Albert Breer. It means they're out of the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. Former NFL player such as. Robert Griffin III and J.J. Watt have suggested collusion, and some current players such as Tyra, well, the Honey Badger and uh, Diggs have thought the same way. Adam Schefter said in regards to the situation with Lamar Jackson, I think part of it is the fact that teams know they feel like that they would just be drawing uh, the offer sheet for the Baltimore Ravens. So if any of these teams steps forward and says, let's give Lamar Jackson, uh, or you make it up, a four-year deal, $200 million contract, fully guaranteed, well, Baltimore could obviously chance and write it off. I sit here today, Baltimore has been sitting on this for the last two years. And they're not going to sit here and let Lamar Jackson tell them how it is. Lamar Jackson is his own agent. Lamar Jackson's his own boss. On Trey Wingo, Trey uh, Trey Wingo from ESPN tweeted, spoke with sources on the NFLPA, and they're keeping a very close eye on Lamar's situation for that very reason, reasoning for the alleged collusion includes whether teams don't want to trade two first-round picks, or give Lamar Jackson two hundred million dollars guaranteed money, or a hundred percent of his money being guaranteed, like the Browns did for Deshaun Watson' new contract last season. This is a man that won an MVP, ladies and gentlemen. This is a man that has been an elite quarterback since he came out of college, Louisville. He was the last pick with that whole quarterback carousel that year with Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen. Honestly, and I'm not saying this, and I'll I'll take back what I said. Lamar Jackson's been the best quarterback in that class, even better than Josh Allen. Josh Allen never won anything. Josh Allen never won an MVP. This man, including yours truly, who didn't believe a running quarterback was ever going to win an MVP of the stature of Lamar Jackson proved me wrong. Almost won two MVPs. Do I think Lamar Jackson deserves the money? Absolutely. Just as much as I think Deshaun Watson deserved the money. Do I think they're prima donnas? Yes, I do. Do I think that a lot of NFL players are prima donnas and shouldn't be making this money? Absolutely. But if it's on the table and he plays the quarterback position, he absolutely deserves what he believes he's worth. It is wrong what the NFL is doing to this kid. It is wrong... That this kid still doesn't have an offer. He is better than Kyler Murray. Right now, he's better than Deshaun Watson. He's better than Josh Allen, who just got a $200 million contract. How many quarterbacks, honestly, in the league right now, would you take over Lamar Jackson? And the Baltimore Ravens are just tossing him to the side. Who cares? We'll find somebody else. We'll start Huntley next year, who, by the way, made the Pro Bowl.
3: Jeff's Pro Bowl legend.
2: (laughs) This is horrible what the NFL is doing to this kid. And what Baltimore has just practically dragged him in the mud. His name. Who he is as a player. He should be respected just as much as Patrick Mahomes has been. Joe Burrow, who's going to get a $400 million contract. Joe Burrow. What did Joe Burrow win? Has he been an MVP of the league? What, he went to a Super Bowl one year? He's better than Lamar Jackson? I'm sorry, guys. There are half these quarterbacks that everybody keeps saying they're elite. They're top five guys. Most of them didn't win. and But they're all putting him over Lamar Jackson. Justin Herbert's going to make $350, $400 million. Why can't Lamar Jackson make that money? The league has changed. Quarterback position has changed. Every 10 years, the transition of the game has changed. The rules change. The fact that this man doesn't get the respect is disgusting, and the NFL needs to figure this out. And the Baltimore Ravens better think this up, think this over because if they do trade him, which they probably will, it's going to be very, very hard for them to find the future quarterback of this organization. Ask the Jets. Ask the Lions. Ask. Half these teams in the NFL that have been trying to find a franchise quarterback that haven't found them. How many teams have not won the Super Bowl? Twelve. Twelve teams! How many of those twelve teams have had a franchise quarterback in the last thirty years? Probably half. You're telling me half of those teams have never had a franchise quarterback. And never even come close to winning a Super Bowl
3: including a lot of the teams that were listed as saying no. We'll talk to Clay about the Miami Dolphins. They certainly are looking for that. Uh, do we have
2: Clay on the line? Yes, he, we do. Why don't we go to a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking to WPLG Miami sports anchor and reporter Clay Ferraro here on the Sports Loud Mouths.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouth.
2: Oh, yes. 631 672 3108 is the number to call. You are listening to the sports loudmouth. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co host, Speedy PD. Remember, you can go to our website at www worldwidesportsradio.com Check out all our shows, our listings, and listen to the Sports liveouts, which air every single Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. as we are live and in color all over the social media market and all different platforms. So check us out throughout the week from all our shows, our Buffalo Bills show, our Jets show, our betting show. We have a tremendous amount of talented, you know, I guess you could say, analysts, and and by the way, great writers as well, so check us out on our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. And ladies and gentlemen, our first guest, this is the third time we've had him on, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we love him, and we're happy to have him on. We are now talking to WPLG Miami sports anchor and reporter, Clay Ferraro. Clay, what's up, man? What's going on, gentlemen? How are we doing tonight? Well, oh, you good? sound pretty happy. I mean, Miami Uh, Looked pretty good this year, Uh, you know, did what they did and kind of fell apart at the end of the season. But uh, we will get into that in just a few moments. How are you doing, man?
5: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I, uh, You know, I I have actually taken over coaching all three of my girls' basketball teams. Mm. So uh, I I am now a part-time sports anchor and a (laughs) full-time basketball coach in my mind. Like I sit there, I'm coming up with a draft board now for tomorrow night's draft. It's really like... I, it's. I, I make it a lot more important in my brain than I think it actually is.
4: Three girls. Data
5: that.
2: You have three girls. <laughs> three girls, man. Wow.
5: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, we're we're busy around here, but they're all really good girls, and, and I love them because they, um, they you know, they, early on, you could tell, they're just not, um, you know, they're not going to be the best scorers in the world. They're, a lot of them are playing with older kids, and uh, so they've actually listened to their dad, that they need to learn to play defense, and, and they've bought in. So I'm uh, I'm very proud of them. Now, if, if the other kids on the team would actually listen to me, then maybe we'd actually have something.
2: <laughs> Ages of the girls.
5: Uh, nine, seven and six.
2: Wow. Look at
3: that. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Nine year old is on her school basketball team. And uh, I, I have already taught her how to uh, she's playing in a co-ed league in the league that I'm I'm coaching. I've already taught her how to cut off kids from going to their right. And so she's uh, she's already managing to uh, to cut cut her niche as a defensive stopper. So I'm, I'm really proud of her.
2: So why don't we get into some football? We'll talk a little baseball as well as uh, the Miami Marlins are going into a new season. So uh, interesting, uh, you know, sports over there in Miami. It's nice and hot right now. I heard it's like in the 80s over there. It's beautiful. So, uh, but let's get into Tua. What is going on right now with Tua? Is he going to be ready for the season? Do they look to maybe look for a free agent quarterback or maybe bring a quarterback out of retirement? What are your thoughts to that? (laughs)
5: So two is off learning jujitsu to oh. learn how to fall. So that's uh, <laughs> that's that's what we've kind of learned over the past. Uh, for real, he's actually uh, he's taken this seriously. He's getting into it to try try to learn, I guess, better how to, to protect himself and specifically to protect his head. And there's you know, something somebody said something interesting. And I don't I don't know if there's validity to this or not, but it, it kind of made sense in my brain, which is that maybe the hip injury at times that he he's trying to protect the hip when he falls. And so like by doing that, he kind of falls with his upper body and he ends, he's, he's ended up landing on his head a few times and you know, whatever it is, I, I give him credit because he's, he's turning over every leap to try to figure out a way to, to fix it. And the team believes in him. And, and look, I think the things that we've seen from, from him and I, I heard you in the last segment talking about, the importance of a franchise quarterback. I I think he's shown, and I think they believe that when healthy, he can be a franchise quarterback and would be a franchise quarterback if he could stay healthy. And I'm saying that over and over again, because I think that is job number one, which is figuring out a way to protect himself. And so to your, your second question about will he be ready for the start of the season? Yes, 100% absolutely. I think he'd be able to play if they had to play a game tomorrow. And the thing that I think there's a, a misconception out there. What they have said and, – and we actually – one of my – our executive producer's father is actually literally a brain surgeon. So we've kind <laughs> of uh, picked his brain on this a little bit. And what he has said, which I think kind of flies flies in the face of a lot of common thinking, is if you've had one concussion, it's not that you're more prone to getting another one. Now, what I think the – there, there are two major concerns. Number one, if you have multiple concussions within a short period of time, which Tua did – that's when the concerns start to creep in quite a bit. And then the other question I think is the long-term, you know, if you have another concussion within a year, is there more long-term impact on that? that, I I think that would be the major concern. I don't think it's that he's more prone to having another concussion. It's that what would the long-term effects of it be if he does suffer another one? So I think all that to say, Week one he's going to be the starting quarterback for this team. Uh, I think they're going to work really hard to try to make sure that that he stays on the field and I know the Tom Brady question is out there, so let's get to it the The thing that I had heard the other day, which i I think is interesting, is the idea that okay let's say that that the dolphins bring him in in some sort of an ownership capacity that there's some sort of a an extra role there, and he's standing up there in stephen ross 's ownership box. And they just happen to be watching a game in which Tua Tonga Valoa does get hurt. What do you think's going to happen? I mean, if if Tom Brady is just sitting up there in the ownership box, do you really think they're going to turn to Skylar Thompson, or do you think Brady's going to get the edge? And so I think that's where a lot of this is coming from. It's not just, hey, you know, they'd go out and they would sign him and and ultimately bring him in and push Tua to the side, but. If Brady is somehow involved in the organization in some capacity, it just feels like such a no-brainer that that would be the direction that they would turn if something were to happen with Tua.
3: So being that they don't have any first-round picks, obviously, it seems like the Lamar Jackson thing is definitely out, at least for this year. But let's yep. say they decline Tua's fifth-year option. Could you see Lamar Jackson as an option for Miami down the road? Because he has hinted at wanting to go there in the past.
5: Well, well like, certainly, look, if I, I don't think – any option would be off the table if something along those lines happened, like if they decided ultimately to move on from to atonga I think the one thing that we 've seen from Stephen Ross, and this is why the, the the Tom Brady conversation keeps happening is he desperately wants to get that franchise quarterback and you know again, I think everybody is kind of in alignment right now within the organization that went healthy too is the guy but you know a guy is the guy until he's not and so if if something does indeed end up happening would they decide to move on yeah i i think that would that would clearly be a potential option i i think you know i don't know that we'd have to see where things stand at that point i don't think this team is going to go like the route of uh, bottoming out again like they did a couple of years ago uh so yeah lamar jackson would be a, an ideal option for that if he does end up playing under the franchise tag this season or the other thing i'd heard too was that because of the way the franchise stuff works, they could potentially, if this drags on until after the draft, then they could uh, sign him to an offer sheet if no deal had been reached between uh, Lamar Jackson and another team or Lamar Jackson and the Ravens at that point. Because then like, you have to have a first round pick in the next draft in order to execute the franchise. Well, you do have a first round pick in this draft, but they would in the following draft. And so I, I think that's when they would uh, be able to kind of pivot and, and take a look at
2: that. We are talking to WPLG's Miami sports anchor and reporter and coach, Clay Ferraro. <laughs> Clay, I mean... In my own brain, Yeah, There yes. you go. Hey, you're a coach. Why not? To your daughters <laughs> and, and two other girls. Hey, and you have a chance to be a great one, let me tell you.
3: Let's
2: try. It. Let's try, it. Let's try it. <laughs> <laughs> Mike McDaniel at the end of the season was taking a lot of hits. He really was. He had a really good season. He showed that he could be a head coach in this league. Everybody was calling him a smurf and and he could you know, he had to stand on a stool to to get to the mic, whatever it is. But Mike McDaniel showed in different parts of this season that he can coach. But at the end of the season, there were talks that maybe he gets fired this, this offseason. Maybe they bring in a Jim Harbaugh because obviously we know the owner likes to bring in big names. What were your thoughts at the end of the season? Really, Miami falling apart at the end of the season? Maybe because two was injury. Maybe because, you know, the team just wasn't playing up you know up to par that they were in the beginning of the season defensively they kind of fell apart at the end of the season what were your thoughts to Mike McDaniel at the end of the season for a full season of thought as an analyst over there in Miami
5: so i, I well first off i'm with you i thought he, i thought he showed that he can be a really really good head coach um and yet i do think there were some some moments where he showed some growing pains and i think the one that stands out the most at the end of the year was he had never called plays in San Francisco. You know, when he was with Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan is the one calling plays. And I think the big thing, if you could, if you could see one thing with the offense that became a problem and we saw it in the playoff game was the inability to get plays in quickly. Um, and I think that's something that he's going to have to learn from moving forward. And I think he will, um, but I think on the whole, he did a good enough job to where, man, you can't just like say, all right, Hey, at the end of the season, you couldn't get the plays in, ti- in, in time. We're going to like, let you go. Like that's something that I think you can after having a year where you're like, Oh man, I gotta, I gotta come up with a better system than doing it. Like, I think that's something that is fixable and it's easier to fix something like that than it would be to hit the reset button and go out and try to find a whole uh, new head coach and bring in a whole new coach. So, so I I thought, He showed enough uh, as far as the CEO of the organization to where absolutely like it was never a question in my mind. Now, with that said, you're right. Whenever there is a big name out there, the Dolphins are always linked to them. Stephen Ross likes the organization to be linked to them, whether it's a player or a coach. Um, We had that awkward press conference years and years ago when when Harbaugh was uh, available, but wasn't available and they they went after him and, and they had to like bring Tony Sperano up in an awkward press (laughs) conference where they gave him a contract extension a day after they were pursuing Harvard. Like it was just this really bizarre scene. And yet I don't think this ever got anywhere near that point with uh, Mike McDaniel. I think, Everybody in the organization believes in him. I think there's, you know, the the thing that I think you heard with Brian Flores and, and Chris Greer was that there was, uh, you know, some some working discomfort that they they just didn't mesh, didn't necessarily see eye to eye. Like I don't feel that at all here. I feel like there's, uh, you know, they, they work really well together, and I think that that Mike McDaniel, the the one thing that I think has been extremely impressive with him, is. He he knows his blind spots. He knows who he is. He's comfortable in his own skin. Like you, you you mentioned the the thing about being a smurf. Like my one of my favorite things before he got here was he gave uh his his first press conference as the offensive coordinator in San Francisco year before last. And he stands up and, and the first thing he says is, Oh, I'm sure you guys are so scared. I'm such an imposing figure. And you know, like he, he disarms you. And so I think that kind of carries over in that he's able to when there is tension, he's able to cut it. And when there is a need for tension, he has shown the ability to deliver that. I think we saw that with uh, the defensive coordinator, Josh Boyer, who was let go. There were times where you saw him yelling at Josh Boyer, just like, man, like that can't happen. Um, So I think what he's shown is, yeah, he can be the nice guy. He can also be the, the hard you-know-what when necessary. And so I, I've been impressed with him. There are some things he needs to, to to fix, the the play calling and getting him in quicker, I think, being at the top of that list. And I'm sure there's plenty of other things, but I don't think there was ever a realistic chance that they would move on from him.
3: So a move I really liked is defensive coordinator bringing in Vic Fangio. I always thought was one of the best uh, with the Forty Nineers, and then with Chicago too, had the best defense in the league in twenty eight. What is your thoughts on them hiring him, and uh, how do you think this defense uh, will fit his scheme? So I love it,
5: and I, the thing that I. I'm really eager to see. And this was, this kind of goes along with your last question as far as, you know, what are some of the things that, that Mike McDaniel needs to improve on and what this team needs to improve on. They were far too reliant in 2022 on the big play offensively. And, you know, I, I think, Hey, when you, when you pop one it looks, it looks so pretty and it's a great highlight for us. And, you know, Tyree kill is so fast and this team is so explosive and it's so cool. And yet the defense has been on the sideline for three minutes by the time they have to go back out there on the field. And so what I'm really eager to see is if the Dolphins kind of do a little bit of what the Bengals did this past year. There was a great article in The Ringer on how the Bengals basically stopped relying on the big play so much. And they, they basically said – for for the health and the sake of Joe Burrow and also for the health and the sake of our defense and keeping them from being exhausted, we need to do a little more ball control stuff. We need to be a little bit more balanced, not necessarily just running the football, but, you know, you don't you don't have to pop a big play every time, you know, whether it's a screen pass, whatever, find a way to work in more of the plays to get you into you know, manageable down and distance, because this team too many times last year, it was either home run or strikeout. It was either 70 yard touchdown or they're in third and nine and throwing an incomplete pass or an interception. And I think, and, and to bring it back to Vic Fangio, I think there has to be a conversation and Vic Fangio saying, look, we can't be at our best defensively if we're on the field 32 minutes a game, 34 minutes a game. So I think that's what it was last year, whatever it was, I think the dolphins had the worst time of possession in the NFL. Um, And, and that's something that, you know the you can have a lot of talent on defense, right? And yet, if they're out there over and over again, not only are they getting tired potentially, but it's what the more plays you're out there, the more opportunities to blow one, blow a coverage, miss a tackle, and and allow a big cha- big, big game changing play behind you. So, I thought it was great not just from a a schematic standpoint, an experience standpoint, but having somebody who is a voice in the room that can say, hey. What you're doing is great. It's killing me as a defensive coordinator. It's killing us as a defense. Like we need to have a little bit more, uh, more rest, more chance to go over stuff. So, you know, that's the, the, the macro The micro man, I'm I'm really excited to see Javon Holland working with him. I think Javon Holland is just outstanding, the safety from from Oregon. I think he's taken leaps, Um, and now you work him, you you let him work with Vic Fangio. I think you're going to see see great things. Locator Kohu started to emerge a bit towards the end of last year as a a reliable cornerback. And yet, you know, now that Byron Jones has officially been released, they got to go out and get somebody else, too. Uh, There's there's a lack of depth there. I could see him maybe going and and getting a safety like Jordan Poyer, too. I mean, we know how much Vic Fangio relies on those safeties. So maybe you have him back there with Javon. Like there are any number of things that they can do um, in the secondary. And then your guys up front, man, I I love what Christian Wilkins did this past year. Zach Sealer took a big step. Uh, Jalen Phillips by the end of the year was, uh, I think he was one of the top three or four rated uh, guys on on Pro Football Focus among edge guys by the end of the season, like beyond a certain point, like second half of the year, whatever it is. So there's talent there. and yet, I, I do think there, there needs to be a little bit more talent added, specifically at the, the cornerback spot. And I also think that everybody needs to get on the same page as far as how they can play complementary football and how the offense can help out the defense.
2: We are talking to WPLG, Miami sports anchor and reporter Clay Ferraro. Uh, the AFC is going to be a powerhouse this year if Aaron Rodgers, one way or another, gets traded to the New York Jets. And you look at Miami, you look at Buffalo, you look at New England, all three teams are going to then have to chase the Jets if they add Aaron Rodgers because the Jets have the young talent. Now they have the quarterback to fill in the weakness of this team for about 50 years. Play GM right now for the Miami Dolphins. If you were the GM for the Miami Dolphins, what could help Miami get over the hump and possibly win the AFC East this coming year? Cornerback. Running back, tight end. Give me, and give me, give me the players that you would in free agency that you would you would land and you would bring in.
5: So that's interesting as far as free agency goes. I mean, I, I'd have to look at the list as far as like a lot of speedy guys bring it go. up. But here's here's the thing. Like, so I I'm not a big believer unless there's like a you know I, I saw a mention connected to Derrick Henry via trade, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of a scheme fit that is. And look, I know Derrick Henry's great. Um, but I, uh, to me, I don't know. I would have to know from Mike McDaniel's perspective, you know, cause that's, that's a different sort of offense that the Kyle Shanahan tree runs. So would it work? It might, uh, but you know, how much would it cost you too? those are the things that, that I'm wondering. Um, it's such a ridiculously deep draft for tight end. This may be, and this is not a, an exaggeration, maybe the best tight end draft. Ever. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, it's like, Do you really go out and spend any sort of money on on that position when you can wait until, you know, maybe even day three Mm -hmm. and get a guy who could come in and and make a difference for you? Um, Because I, I think and let me let me be clear on this. The thing with the Dolphins and what they need at that position is they, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of the guys that that are rated highly among tight ends and not necessarily in this draft, but just in general, it's hey everybody wants the new like Antonio Gates, the prototype, the Jimmy Graham, the the Travis Kelsey. Uh, although Kelsey's probably a little bit better blocker than those guys are, but like they need a guy who is just like above average to good at everything, and you know the. The ideal guy is who Mike McDaniel had in San Francisco is George Kittle. Well, you're not going to go out there and get George Kittle, but what he did, which Mike Gasicki could not do, is he could block. And so, it's they don't need the you know guy who's going to climb the charts because he's like the chess piece. And it, you line him up at tight end, he's a big body, but he's also super athletic, and he goes up and he gets it. And he jumps eight feet in the air, like. That's not what they they need. Somebody who can come in and be solid to above average to good in everything. And I think in this draft, you can do really well with that. Um, So to me, it's like those are three positions. The corner may be one where you may have to look a little bit harder in free
2: agency. James Bradbury. How about James Bradbury?
5: I'd I'd like it. I'd have to see how much money he would command. Mm-hmm, you know, it, right. it's funny. I I, uh, I I follow the the Saints closely, and I have learned by following them that man, the salary cap just like if you have an owner who's willing to write a check for for bonuses, it don't exist. Mm-hmm. Like you can you can constantly use other other salaries, other other contracts as a credit card. Um, you know, so if if Bradbury is, is the guy and they, and like, it, I can tell you this, if Dick Fangio went to them and said, he said, I need, I need James Bradbury that puts us in the Super Bowl next year. They're going to go out and they're going to get James Bradbury. Mm-hmm. They're going to find a way to make it happen. Um, but I don't but yes, th- those are the three positions and whoever they decide fits that scheme, both defensively and offensively better at those positions. Those are the holes to me. And you can always beef up the offensive line. I think they can be, they can be better there. Um, but I think those are the positions that I can look at right now, and I can say you can immediately upgrade those spots, and I can mm. see how you can be better and legitimately make a push next season.
3: Now, my last question: uh, We haven't talked to you much about uh, some college basketball. Miami University heading to March Madness. What are your expectations for them? Uh, I mean, I've been saying for
5: five weeks now, I'm, I think they're going to the Final Four. The mm. thing that is killing me with it, and, and by the way, I'm not—I'm
3: not a homer. I'm a virgin <laughs> No, I like them I'm too. Not, I think they could as well.
5: The thing that's driving me nuts with them over the last couple of weeks is they do this thing where they get out to a big lead, and then they kind of let teams back into it. It it bit them in the rear end against Florida State a a couple weekends ago. Um, They barely held on to beat Pitt. They barely held on to beat Wake Forest today. Like It's becoming a thing with them. It's almost like it's going to have to bite them in the ACC tournament to wake them up. So it doesn't happen in the NCAA tournament. So we'll see what happens over the next couple of games. But that's the only thing with them that, that has seemed to be... Like, I don't think this team has a weakness as far as the roster, as far as the the lineup. Like, Norchad O'Meara has turned into a monster. And, and I don't think they... They saw that coming, um, you know, and they, they already have the really good guard play. Jordan Miller's really good. Isaiah Wong's your ACC play. Like there is not a weakness on this team except whatever this thing is that they've started to let teams get back into the game late in game. So, um, no, I just I think extremely highly of this team. I, it's the best Miami Hurricanes team I've seen since I've been here uh, in a decade. And this you know team went to the Elite Eight last year. Um, so I I just I think really highly of them. But man. They can't mess around because, you know, you you mess around, you find out. They found out against Florida State, and if they mess around again in the NCAA tournament and they find out again, they'll be home a lot quicker than anybody
2: wants. Before we let you go, I have two questions, and they're baseball questions. What do you think about the World Baseball Classic, United States, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico? I mean, Japan, this is going to be a fun one. A lot of great players are actually playing. Mike Trout is healthy. He's 100%. So uh, the American team could be uh, a pretty good, dangerous offensive team. I, I worry about their pitching staff. And uh, the Marlins this year, where do you see the Marlins? They're in a, a very tough division. The Braves, the Philadelphia Phillies are much better than they were last year, going to the World Series, adding uh, Trey Turner, and then obviously the New York Mets. Where do you see the Marlins this year? Uh, young team and very talented, and pretty good farm system uh, going into the new season.
5: So let's start with the first one because I think it leads into the second one. The World Baseball Classic, man, there's a reason why they picked Miami for it. This place goes nuts for it. It is so cool to watch the atmosphere. Man, it's like I don't I don't even know what to compare it to. Maybe a big soccer game, maybe like an intense college football rivalry game. Like it is an incra- the atmosphere is crazy and and fun and like um So I'm excited about it. You know, I, I agree with you. I think the pitching is going to be a question for, for team USA. Um, But I'm just looking forward to being in the middle of it down here. It's just like, it's a blast. And with that said, i really i hope i hope that that they're able to put a consistent winner together with the Marlins because this area i don't i know what the attendance numbers are man I'm at the games where you can hear the guys and the you can you can hear the the husband and wife having a conversation in the third <laughs> row if you're up in the like i've seen it man it's bad but when 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 this when this area has a team that they believe in like they there will be baseball fans out there like they will go crazy. And I I am firmly convinced of that. So I hope I don't I don't think, frankly, they've spent enough money. I don't frankly think they've got enough talent, in particular in the lineup to compete with like the the money that the Mets have spent. I think the Phillies can be a problem, obviously. You know, I think there's a lot of the Braves and what they've done. Like, I I just it's such a gauntlet in the National League East. And I don't know if they're there. They're trying. I mean, I I want to see how the Jazz Chisholm move to center field works. I love that they've got a face of the franchise now with him and a guy who's a lot of fun and, you know, a guy that I, I think, you know, as great as John Carlos Stanton played, he wasn't the, the draw that Jose Fernandez was. You know, Jazz Chisholm, I think, has the potential to get back to being that sort of draw where, like, you know, whenever Jose pitched, it was Jose day. Everybody had to go watch. And that's the other thing. Sandy Alcantara outstanding. I mean, he's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, And yet, you know, he's, th- there's a bit of Mariano Rivera where he just kind of goes out there and, and does his job and dominates. And, you know, it's not like uh like Jose was where it's like this, this powerhouse, you know, must see TV sort of thing. And that's who jazz Chisholm is jazz. Chisholm just, he brings this flair. That's like so fun to watch. And yet I don't, I don't know if it's going to matter if they don't win, and so I, I I want to see I want to see him adjust to center field before I'm I'm able to get excited about the the proposition. Um, and I also need to see how some of these other moves work out. They believe that if they had been healthy last year, they would have been a lot better team. I'm not sure I'm ready to go there yet. And, and I, I don't know that I like the, the arise move, um, you know, and again, I, I still don't know if they have enough when it comes to bats in that lineup. And especially when you've got a, a division like the National League, so it's just going to be so tough.
2: Well, coach, uh, we will talk to you soon. Keep up the good work. Tell your girls to keep working hard. Daddy's going to win you a championship. How's that sound? <laughs>
1: I will lie
5: to their faces <laughs> bet. I can do that well. <laughs> well, take care fellas.
2: <laughs> you're a girl's dad, uh, you know, so I I give you a lot of respect and uh uh, he was fantastic. Yes. he really was. And I know he's getting ready. He yes. had to rush off. Yeah, he's, he's getting kind of ready. But yeah. uh, tell him thank you very much. Uh, we were just talking to WPLG Miami sports anchor and reporter Clay Ferraro. He was fantastic as always coming on the show. And when we come back for the first time on the Loudmouths, we will be talking to former Rockies, Pirates, and Cardinals catcher and current AT&T Sportsnet MLB analyst Michael McHenry here. On the Sports Loudmouths.
0: You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouth.
2: 631 is 672-3108 is the number. You are listening to the Sports Loudmouths. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host. Speeder! Yes, it's Speedy Petey, as always, producer, co-host, craziness, needs to comb his hair and get a shave over there. He did fix his mustache. It is... A very unique mustache, ladies and gentlemen. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week. They are live. You can interact with all our talent. You can call the shows. You can call us asses, as uh, a lot of people call us asses, including yours truly. Uh, check out all our stories, our writers, and everything. Uh, just go to the website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Uh, thank you to Clay Ferraro, as always. And now. A new guest, we have never had him on this show, former Rockies, Pirates, and Cardinals catcher, and current AT&T Sportsnet MLB analyst, Michael McHenry. Clap, Speedy, clap. Michael, what's up, man?
4: What's up, guys? Hey, that that hype, man, you got it down, Pat, man. You know, <laughs> when you went to break, I'm listening, I'm like, man, it's like we've, we're, we're meant to do this together, just hyping <laughs> me up, ready to go, I loved it, yeah. Awesome stuff! Like yeah. I, was, I was getting fired up. <laughs> I was ready to like jump out of the seat and go. Well, Good
2: stuff. well you know what it is. I'm not, you know, fifty thousand people applauding you when you come up to the plate, but I am the crazy one that'll probably be behind the the plates or uh, you know, in the audience, probably saying crazy stuff to you when you're up to bat. So I am one of those guys, but um, I respect everything about you and and your career, playing the years that you played in the MLB. But before we get into that, how are you feeling? Uh, there's so much going on in the world. COVID-19 really ruined things for people and, and baseball and, and professional sports. How are you and your family doing?
4: We're good. We had a rough time that stretch. We lost a handful of people, none of them to COVID. But, like, you know, the isolation and everything else obviously didn't help. So, yeah, it was a it was a very weird time. And I'm not really sure what to make of all of it. It's just a really, like, tough situation. But I always say the worst things that happen in life – if you use it properly, you can learn from it and really spring into something way better because those shortcomings, and everything else, give you an opportunity to really grow. You know, everybody says learn from failure. I really believe you don't even have to fail. You can just watch and see and just say, hey, how can I react better? How can I do better? And what could I personally take ownership of and make better? And that's, you know, what I think a lot of people learn. And then I think a lot of people, you know, kind of sit and forget <laughs> after a while, you know, this like, oh. Was that, was that three years ago? Oh my gosh. I mean, I was just like a little bug. Yeah. That's no big deal. I'm like, well, what reality are you from? Like everything shut down. Name another time (laughs) it happened. Right. It was wild. People lost jobs. Just was unprecedented. We're literally in the first spring training in the last three years, a full fledged spring training. So I'm just happy. You know, life seems a little bit normal. Well, it looks normal. All normal.
2: It looks normal for you right now. That chair, I mean, you look comfortable. I need one of those chairs, Speedy. You got to get me one of those chairs for my birthday, man. He's looking good, man. I mean, I should be leaning back and enjoying myself as well when I'm interviewing people and just talking sports and making everybody hate me around the country as everybody has uh, <laughs> sent me some interesting fan mail over the last couple of weeks telling me I'm out of my damn mind. But you want to know something? That's why I'm here, and that's why I entertain people. But as everybody knows, we are talking to Rockies, ex, former Rockies, Pirates, Cardinals, catcher, and current AT&T Sportsnet MLB analyst, Michael McHenry. So, Michael, why don't we get into it? A little bit about your career. What was it like playing all those years in the MLB? You played for multiple teams, uh, playing the way you did. And and just the fact that you stepped on a major league field, 162 games in your career every single year for a significant amount of time, that says a lot about you as an athlete and as a player. What was it like being a professional, professional baseball player?
4: I mean, I dreamed of it when I was a little kid. I got a glove from who I thought was my grandfather at the time. And he looked at me and said, you're going to play in the major leagues. And looking back, that was one of the first men that ever believed in me. And, you know, I had a long stretch from there on out that a lot of people didn't believe in me, told me what I couldn't do, what I was never going to be capable of. And I just never believed it. When I was five years old, I thought I was going to make it. It never changed. No matter what happened, surgeries, hardships, it didn't matter. I was going to run through a brick wall and make it some way, shape or form. And then I married the girl in my dreams and she just got right on board and said, yeah, absolutely, and she became my psychologist, my traveling secretary, and everything else, and my wife. So it's one of those blessings that just keeps on giving. But yeah, when when you actually get there, it's it, it's almost like it's sore real. I mean, because baseball is that long journey. You get drafted, and you're not going straight to the big leagues. Now it's a little bit different. Things are a lot faster. Guys are able to develop at a, just a crazy speed at the youth level now because of all the information. So. Yeah, you're seeing younger guys up and they're letting the best players play in the big leagues for once that's not always the case so the reality of like getting there it's just like man i i made it <laughs> what i did wrong is i didn't enjoy it as much as i should have i didn't embrace it as much as i should have i've seen some guys do that and it's most of the guys that like played 10 years 11 years and they're reflecting on their entire career you know i fought you know for parts of seven and a half and eight and that's you know what most guys have to do right there's mm less than 24,000 guys that have walked on a baseball field and played in a major league uniform. To put that in perspective, it's like getting hit by lightning (laughs) in your life. I looked it up one day because somebody said, what would it take to, you know, get to the major leagues? I was like, let's map it out, but let's first see like how hard it really is. And I was like, maybe I'm like, like brain surgeon. No, there's 46,000 brain surgeons in the United States right now. So it's, it's, (laughs) it's those things that I think would have catapulted me to realize, man, I am really good at this game. And when I got there, I went from being a starter in the minor leagues my entire life. I'm like, oh yeah, you're the other catcher. You're the backup. You're going to pinch hit. You're going to do all these things you've never done before. You didn't even know existed (laughs) because you never thought about it. You just went out there and played. And that was tough. I mean, that was a huge learning curve. And luckily we were winning in Pittsburgh when I got traded there. But yeah, it was a awesome ride. I really really am thankful for every like nook and cranny that I got to experience the designations, the five knee surgeries, you know, the weird stuff off the field, the business stuff that never makes sense. The weird conversations with GMs. I just like look back and reflect on all of it. And it's just really, really special. And some of the worst moments have really like done some great things in my life. Like the only reason I'm on TV is because when I got hurt, I was good enough with the media that they asked if I'd want to come in on my crutches and do the post game Mm -hmm. one game. I ended up doing 10. (laughs) So when they went to hire, when Teak retired, who was the guy I replaced, I was the first in line and I was on the bubble if I wanted to play. So like sometimes those dark moments can really resonate some cool light. And it did. And that's a fear. This whole thing's a fear of mine. I still get nervous to talk in front of people because as a kid, I got made fun of. You know, I I would stutter, learning disability. So it's like I got to accomplish two things that nobody thought I would accomplish. So I just try to keep telling people and tell myself, like, why not?
3: Hmm. I was, it seems to be a modern trend too. I, when Joey Votto got hurt last year, he started broadcasting the Reds' uh, color commentary mm. all second half last year. So maybe dude, some... he's a
4: beauty, isn't he?
3: Yeah, uh, I yeah, I <laughs> feel like
4: you should be friends with him. I don't know you that well, but that hair seems like you'd be right in that Canadian <laughs> Joey Votto. I, I think I think we got to make sure you guys meet. Well, apparently now now
3: now he thinks there's going to be aliens involved in baseball. So that, might be How,
4: a... <laughs> that was such a good answer, right? Because you know that guy. asked that that question 500 times like and he's like hmm he's over there he's just listening he's like I got something good for this it's so good man like and the media loves him I don't know if you guys heard him uh much last year when he did the broadcast I mean he's literally talking about how the grass reflects the sunlight back (laughs) into you as you see the ball coming across the plate I'm like man I love this guy I just want to get on first base and talk to him again (laughs) I feel like I played good against Cincinnati just to get to see Votto. Numbers, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, because I just was like get a base hit. Don't do any more. Just get a base hit. on want to see Votto.
3: So speaking of crazy, I, well, Errol noticed the uh, the chair in the background. I noticed that uh, that pie celebration photo on the top. So go through that moment. How did you get that pie in your face celebration?
4: Kid you not, first homer in the major okay. leagues. Mm. I got a standing ovation. 38,000 at PNC. Have you guys ever been to PNC? I have, I have not. Yes. My brother's. It's my beautiful. brother
3: has, though. It's gorgeous. He said it was gorgeous. Best
4: stadium in,
2: in the major leagues. No question.
4: No doubt about mm-hmm. it. And, you know, you you being from New York, that means a lot. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's beautiful. It looks like it's kind of poetic, heavenly in the background. Not mm-hmm. the best seat in the house. But we were winning in 11 and kind of with a bunch of misfits, right? <laughs> like guys from minor leagues, trades. I was like the eighth catcher That that – had been in a pirate uniform that year. So it was wild. And I didn't think I was ever going to hit a homer. Facing Carlos Mimol. Nine pitches. And then that 10th pitch. 0-2. Just could not get that slider down. Homer. Place erupted. <laughs> I mean erupted. It was the coolest moment. I round the bases. I don't ever remember running. High fives. getting the dugout. And they pull me out. To tip my cap. <laughs> and I almost don't remember that. But every time I see myself come out. I see... Neil Walker and, and those guys pulling me out, man, tears come to my eye. And I think that's the biggest thing is you, you want to go back and look and remember it. And now I get why my my wife's grandfather would tell the coolest stories because like you appreciate it more once it's kind of over, mm. you know?
2: Mm-hmm. As everybody knows, we are talking to former Rockies, Pirates, and Cardinals catcher, current AT&T Sportsnet MLB analyst, Michael McHenry. Michael, there is a player here that I'm sure you know a little bit about. A lot of people here in New York uh, attacked him uh, every has attacked him every single year. Maybe because he's making 38 million dollars as a pitcher here, but a guy that I have a lot of respect for, a guy that could pitch, a guy that proved in the playoffs last year that he can pitch, uh, a guy named Garrett Cole, who I'm sure you know a little bit about. Uh, you catched for. Tell us a little bit. About Garrett Cole when you were in Pittsburgh,
4: I would go to war with him any day he wanted to go. It's just you have to embrace Garrett Cole for who Garrett Cole is, and he's a competitor. He expects you to come to his level. Period. And we never had a problem. I caught his debut in spring training, and I I loved him. I love guys that are predictable. You know, you knew what you were going to get on on game day. He took the AJ Burnett pr- approach. He, he kind of latched onto him. AJ took him under his wing. And he, he kind of took that, that a-hole mentality mm. on, you know, if the media comes, he just, you know, like <laughs> and a lot of guys would, would sign in New York and stuff. And you're kind of worried like, man, are they going to be able to handle it? The media, the scrutiny, you know, if they go 0 for three, they're the worst hitter on the planet. But if they had a game running home the next day, they're Babe Ruth. <laughs> it's just an emotional roller coaster for Garrett Cole. The day he walked in dude, didn't have a great slider, or great breaking ball. He pretty much threw sinker and a four seam fastball. Changeup was like a BP fastball. He was just getting people out because he believed every single guy that walked up there couldn't, could not touch him and didn't deserve to be on the same field. Mm. That's what makes him special. So, like, when, as long as he stays healthy, he'll, he'll outpitch any amount of money because his desire is to win. And it's hard to find those guys. Some guys play for money, but like, he had money growing up. He wants to be the best, period. You know, like LeBron James, he wants to be the best. He wants to have all the records. You know, guys like that are hard to find. Tom Brady's of the world that just go to another level to try to say, the money's great. That's going to come along with me being the best and the baddest on this Hmm. field. Hmm. So I know there's mixed reviews. Don't agree with everything he does. I love him to death, and I would go to war for him any time. It's not You're that. Like...
2: It's not that there's mixed reviews. Everybody here, especially people that don't like the Yankees, they take they take a shot at him because some people believe he can't pitch without sp- spider tap or wh- the crap that they've heard. And and the guy, uh, yeah, the, when he was obviously nitpicked with the spider tap for the first couple of weeks. Uh, he wasn't pitching very well. So everybody says, Oh, he can't pitch without spider tap. And then he figured things out and, and he started pitching. Well, I hate, cause that was a scam. Yep. I agree like with
4: let's, you. Let's, let's, let's go ahead. Like, go ahead, get him. I mean, I'm 38 years old. I'd never heard of this stuff. <laughs> I looked it up on Amazon. I feel like somebody just picked it out and maybe five guys were using it. Maybe Garrett Cole was using it, but I, I beg you to go do an experiment, go buy some rosin, get some water, And get a Major League Baseball. All right? (laughs) Wet your hand. Rosin. Wait a second. Grab the ball and try to take it and make it come off your hand. Water. (laughs) Rosin. Okay? It won't come off. The same sticky stuff's there. And there's a a point of no return, right? To where, like, if it's too sticky, you're gripping the ball too tight. Mm. You're going to start having, you know, problems maybe with your flexor or UCL. So, like, I think the way Major League Baseball went about that was absolutely awful. They should have waited to the end of the year, and they still have not defined what sticky is.
3: <laughs> maybe, maybe, it's the it's stuff that, uh, maybe it's the stuff that Joey Votto senses in these extraterrestrials. Maybe they're all coming down and giving sticky stuff. To maybe
2: they're suppliers. wiping their ass. Maybe they're, 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 they're putting their hands but in their that, crotch. Is that illegal? Is
3: that illegal, right?
4: Is that a foreign <laughs> substance? I don't know. Like, they haven't defined that, right? And I'm telling you, Petey, if you were pitching, those umpires, they get in deep with that hair. <laughs> So, like, with that hair you got, I mean, they would just
2: stay in there. Well, That's why I keep telling him to shave it. I mean, he fixed I his – he likes your hair. Look at that, Speedy. Yeah,
4: well, it reminds me of my
2: childhood.
3: There you go. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, my hair does not look that much different from when I was in high school. So. <laughs>
4: hey, I love it. I love it. You are who you are. Like I said, I love people that are predictable. It's, it's, <laughs> it's awesome because you know what you're going to get. If you're a jerk, be a jerk, mm. you know?
3: So I want to go back to that 2013 season. You had that, uh, <laughs> that memorable p- playoff run, the first playoff season for the pirates since 1992. It was the longest drought in baseball. and I think it was the longest, like losing season drought in sports history or something like that. And then you guys beat the reds and that aforementioned UFO chaser, Joey Votto in that playoff game, Johnny Cueto infamously <laughs> falling off the mound. So what was that whole season like in that playoff game, that atmosphere at PNC park?
4: I don't know if I could describe how cool it was. Um, we asked for a blackout They got us a blackout and they came at 30, six o'clock and the, the, the stadium was packed and we were all out there and you're seeing them cross the bridge on sixth street and you just see a sea of black and this yellow, this yellow bridge. <laughs> and then the, the city backdrop, it was like something from a movie. You, you just can't even understand it. And then the fact that they actually all turned into pirates all at the same time (laughs) in the game, it was like, man, we're on the black Pearl right now, boys. There's no way we can lose. And Johnny Cueto, if you look at his numbers, they were just kind of remarkable at PNC against Uh the pirates. So like there was a fear there. And when he dropped the ball, you just like knew immediately. I I don't know who was next to me. I was uh, on the DL uh, knee surgery and I, I'll never forget, I said, I think it just ended. And he goes, It absolutely just ended. I don't remember who it was. And sure enough, Russell Martin, Homer. I was like, Oh man. And the whole place started shaking. I was like, We're we're going under, boys. <laughs> we're out of here. We're, we're going out on top, but we're out of here.
2: We're sinking.
4: <laughs> yeah. The black pearl was going down. We're right next to the Allegheny. So you don't know. There's some lock lock tooth monsters on there. So who knows? <laughs>
2: Well, listen, I know a, a few Loch Ness monsters out there. So <laughs>
3: the Loch Ness. I said lock Tooth.
4: Yeah, you know what? You can call them Loch Tooth. be a dinosaur. Hey, listen.
3: It's your Loch Tooth monsters versus Joey Votto's aliens. <laughs>
4: Who will prevail? <laughs> wow. But what perfect timing. I mean, there's, there's things flying in the sky, rumors, blah, blah. Like, just play into it. It's so fun, man.
2: Yeah, well, Votto so might be seeing flying saucers. You have... You have Steph Curry thinking that we've never stepped on the moon, and Kyrie Irving thinks the earth is flat. I mean, we've heard it all here in professional sports. Uh, So educated when it comes to our athletes, there's no question. We are talking to former (laughs) Rockies Pirates and Cardinals catcher and current AT&T Sportsnet MLB analyst Michael McHenry. Michael, you look at the World Baseball Classic – And the United States has never gotten their respect, never. As a matter of fact, the World Baseball Classics has been around for almost 15 years, and the United States have really never shown – what they can do, the USA—I uh, mean, baseball. This is baseball's pastime. Uh, everybody thinks that you know, baseball has fallen apart here in the United States. We do have arg- arguably the best player in the world in Mike Trout, who hasn't stayed healthy for the last couple of years. Then you have Shea Otani over there in Japan. You have Aaron Judge, who's not playing on the team, the United States team. What are your thoughts this year on the World Baseball Classic, the teams that are put together, the Dominican Republic, the powerhouse that everybody keeps saying, oh, they're unstoppable. And then you have Japan that never loses in these championship uh, you know, competitions. Where do you see you the United States this year in this tournament with the talent that they have on this team this year?
4: It's it's one of the better teams I've seen them have with talent, maybe not as an actual team format cuz the star power is remarkable. Mm. And I think it's amazing for the game. You know, they, there was a thing that Fox Sports put out today, and I, I tweeted on it and I said, it said, sold out, highly anticipated game against Mexico. And I was like, first off, that shouldn't be a highly anticipated game. We should absolutely <laughs> just railroad Mexico. But the reality of it is, is like, I kind of poke fun at the rules changes, mm. right? Because they're not doing that in the World Baseball Classic. I was like, man, it's weird when you put a, a game that matters just absolute thunder of entertainment, excitement in the festival. And then a baseball game breaks out that like all of a sudden we're not pandering about these rules anymore because <laughs> it's actually about the game. It's actually about Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, yeah. or Nolan Arenado. Who, who are we going to put in the you know, one, two, three spot? Yeah. Oh wait, we have Goldschmidt too. Crap. What are we going to do with him? And it just keeps going down the line. And it's just, it's a really cool thing to see. Um, I, I'm so stoked that Adam Wainwright's starting the first game mm. because he deserves it. I think he's the leader. That man is one of the nicest mm. and genuine people you could ever meet. He actually grabbed my bag when I got called up with St. Louis and started unpacking my bag in the locker, took it from the <laughs> club. Right. I mean, just, just a remarkable human. So, yeah, I think it's good. And I'll be honest, like just the way the game is right now and the youth, that's running away from the game, this is a, this is a chance that this is the last chance we have that upper hand, in Mm. my opinion, because, you know, the American baseball players are slowly becoming the minority Mm. in major league baseball, you know, because you you can't compete over a long period of time with kids that are going to a state of the art school Mm. at 16, staying there And they have their mini IMG training from 16 on, (laughs) right? So like, and then they also know what it's like to have nothing. And I think that gives them a perspective that a lot of American kids don't because in America, you win every game. You get a ring, you get a trophy, you participate, you win. Hey, you struck out 17 times this tournament? (laughs) MVP, baby, MVP. (laughs) And that's not teaching our kids anything. And it's also like making those kids like not understand that there's consequences when you lose. When they put on a helmet and pads, if you take the wrong route, you get hit, right? Mm. So they don't want to get hit anymore. So maybe that's how they get better. They start moving around. So I think they need to fix that problem. But until you fix the money problem in that, because, man, they are just collecting paychecks in these 9- and 10-year-old super MLB all-star leagues that they're creating all over the country. It's just wild. So I think it's a great opportunity for us to, like, make a statement and maybe – get some of those kids to really love baseball again in a way that they see Mike Trout as the best player. Cause there's a chance you could go to a baseball field in East Tennessee and they may not know who Mike Trout is. <laughs>
2: they don't know him here. We're here in New York. He walks around the streets. Mike Trout could walk right past you. You have no idea who he is. None. Right.
4: Right. <laughs> right. And that that's, that's the problem with what we're doing in the MLB is, that's got to get better. The MOBPA and the MOB have to bridge the gap of licensing and everything else to brand the players, like the NBA and the NFL have done. They've just done a remarkable job. Like, I don't like how they dabble in all the politics and all the pandering and everything else. We do it in our own way in MOB, but like if they would just take a little bit of that, open up Pandora's box and make sure people can watch these games. I mean, it's a shame. Like, I work for the Pirates. I can't watch all the baseball games. <laughs> I have to go on to a system that no one has to go back and watch play by play by play on a minor league system. Mm. And it's it, that's not okay, right? No. It, it's it's let's figure out a way we can make it easier. Make, yeah, make it easier. And if if it's not the whole game, like allow people to buy some games. Like mm. I mean, how many games my mom and dad didn't get to watch me play? You know, <laughs> that that's a shame, right?
2: Yeah, it absolutely is, and I, I think the game needs to figure that out. I, I think the new rule changes – I mean, the no shifting. I think it will open up the game a little bit offensively.
4: Yeah, please give me your all's insight <laughs> on your perspective because I asked a question the other mm-hmm. day on a podcast, mm-hmm. and I asked my nephew and my cousin this, and they're in their early 20s. I said, what was broken? Mm. Like when you went to a game – they both came up to Pittsburgh last year. Did you think about the time? No. Did you know how long the game was? No. Like, and he goes, only thing new is was the seventh inning because beer stopped. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I was like, that's awesome. You know, like they are getting frustrated because they're huge Tennessee baseball fans. Right. And things have happened because they're doing a lot of the same rules and they don't understand it. Mm. You know, and that's going to happen in the MLB because there's a lot of teams that cover four games. They get four games covered. So like normal fans aren't watching it because they're at work. Right. Right. So all of a sudden this is going to happen in the middle of the season and people are going to be like, why did the umpire point to the sky, <laughs> tap his wrist and go, <laughs> right. Cause they're doing hand signals. That's how they're doing this. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting. I mean, the broadcasts even have a hard time keeping up with what they're doing because they're trying to figure it out and they hired new people. There's just so much going on. So you guys tell me your thoughts because I think the fans are the only thing that matters.
2: We are talking, first of all, to former Rockies, Pirates, Cardinals, catcher, and current AT&T uh, Sportsnet MLB analyst Michael McHenry. Uh, really, I-, I think the shifting had to be done. I-, I just never liked it. I I know it's been in baseball for such a long time. It's been in baseball since the 1950s, and shifting's been around since Ted Williams. Everybody has said that. But I think with... Madden uh, doing it with Tampa and really transitioning the analytics and everything like that. I don't like the game when there's a first. The, the third baseman's playing on the first baseline, the shortstop's playing in the outfield, the second baseman's playing in the middle of the you know, center field. You have the center fielder playing left field, and the left fielder playing all the way on the line. It doesn't make any sense. It ruins the game. I understand that if you're a hitter, you're a left-handed hitter, if you, if you don't know how to bunt, well then, tough luck, but... I think the game will be better and it'll open up the offensive side of the ball when it comes to the third baseman playing on the third baseline, the second baseman playing on second base. I, I think that makes sense. I think it will open up the game for the left-handed hitters and right-handed hitters. No question. I love that there is no more shifting. The, the clock, I it doesn't make sense. I think it's going to hurt. A lot of these hitters that are so used to doing what they did in high school, into college, and then into now coming into the MLB. I don't like how they play with their gloves a million times and and, and, and you know right. you know, tuck their pants in or grab their crotch or whatever the heck they do before they go up to the plate every single time a ball comes out of the pitcher's hand. I don't like that. But that's
4: called sex appeal. <laughs> Okay, like, <laughs> leave it be, right? That's that, that's just what happens, right? But I, while you're you right there, I want I want to ask you guys a question. You guys, you guys played sports, of course. You, you, yeah. you guys probably have met a mental skills or a sports psychologist, guys. Yes. Nobody's talking about them. Mm-hmm. What is the thing they all say? You just gotta slow the game down. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait next week. I'm gonna go find our <laughs> uh, performance psychologist and be like, hey, bro. <laughs> Do you say you got to speed the game up? <laughs> like, what do you say now, right? Like, I, I'm a big believer. I have a bunch of buddies that um, I've trained with, with na- their Navy SEALs, military, firefighters, mm-hmm. police officers, and th- they have an extreme violence approach. So, like, you can't think, right? So, you don't have but that. So, you kick in the door, right? That's why they always refer to door kicking. It affirms that don't think, meet, just kick and go, right? And then you trust your instinct. So, I think there's going to be some players that that's going to really help because they've been told their entire life, me being one of those, because mm-hmm. ADD out the wazoo, when I'm trying to slow down, I'm speeding up. <laughs> so like it may have helped a guy like me, but the swing and miss this spring has been off the charts. They're going to crazy surpass that. So I, I, I have to say it's part of that, but I'll tell you my, my thoughts here and say, so I want you guys to finish up, but you know, just lift up those guys in your prayers tonight. Those, Absolutely. The sports psychologists, because Their go-to term is gone. It's (laughs) dead, baseball.
3: So I wanted to mention this because you mentioned actually the, the the pace and I'm, I'm kind of in between on the pitch clock. Like I think it's necessary to an extent, but I also think that I think the way they have it now is a little too quick. I would have rather seen it maybe be 25 seconds with uh bases empty and 30 seconds or something like that with what the, the runner is on. I don't like all the throw overs. I think they, I think they're good reducing that to two because that stalls the game a lot when you're, when these guys are just soft tossing, they're not even trying to pick off
4: guys, but they weren't doing it. I know. Like, I know. They weren't doing it. Like, they're they they were not running, so it wasn't happening. I know that. So, and as yeah, a it's cra- because it's a crazy thing, and if you knew the real reason why they did it, it's just because they could. Mm. Right. And, and it-, it was really to get to the box and try to speed guys up on the base pass. Like they just want to create more action, which I understand that, but it's not fair to Ricky Henderson. Mm. It's not fair to the numbers. And you know, just like steroids and sticky stuff and all that stuff, they whine and complain and whine and complain and do nothing about it no matter what Barry Bonds was hitting against guys that were on steroids uh-huh. and he never failed a drug test. So make it make sense, uh-huh. right? Like it's, it's the same old baseball. It's like, let's get in the headlines as much as possible, which is a great business move. And let's make it as confusing as possible because do you know, the catcher has to be in the box uh-huh. <laughs> at nine seconds, uh-huh. but it doesn't have to be squatted. Uh-huh. So what would I do? I'd get my sign standing up. Because there's no hitter in his right mind for at least a little while who's going to understand that if I'm standing up, he probably shouldn't be ready. But no matter what, he has to be ready at eight seconds. (laughs) You even know what that means? Well, as
2: a baseball player, no, but everything else I do. (laughs) Just just
3: watch out. Just watch out if you're giving a side standing up. The Astros might steal it anyway.
4: (laughs) 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 They weren't the only ones. Come on. They weren't the only ones. I How about this? Why don't
2: we take Bud Sealig out of the Hall of Fame and toss him in the garbage? I mean, that guy was a car salesman, and he's the one who wanted steroids. And by the way, I, I'll, I'll say it again: we've had so many great sports, uh, sports guys, athletes, ex and uh, MLB players on our show. And I've said this to them, and I'll say it again. Steroids should be allowed in professional sports except combat sports. That keeps them on the field. They're making millions and millions of dollars. They're keeping the fans in the seats. If that's going to help guys like Andy Pettit stay healthy and stay on the field, I don't give a crap.
4: He took HGH, though. There's not a doctor. There's not an orthopedic, Mm -hmm. if they're genuine and honest, that wouldn't say there should be, like, certain drugs. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even... I wouldn't say steroids. I would say things that help guys recover. Cause that's the big thing. Human steroids didn't hormones, help yeah. guys as much as other things. Cause you're actually doing a lot of things that are going to in baseball, especially going to probably lead to an injury right. because the, the elasticity that you, you need, it's more of an endurance sport when you think about how long it is. Mm-hmm. And then you have those quick sprints. Um, so like, I really think like if we wouldn't abuse it as players and as, as, the MLB, just in general, like you were saying with bud sealing, I, I have no idea if that's right, wrong, or indifferent. But the reality of it is, it's like that's what every orthopedic, when I ask, is I said, why can't I get HGH in my knee knowing that I wouldn't have to have surgery Right. and my cartilage will grow back? Mm-hmm. Studies prove it. He's like, because you guys are morons. <laughs> you guys would abuse it because it'd be the guy, oh, my knee hurts. He goes into a the scope, they cut him up a little bit and they just pump him full of stuff and walk out. Mm-hmm. Like, so you, it's just all about that regulation. And that's the thing is it, it's the human problem. That's the problem. And blaming it on one guy is, is dumb because there's more guys that took jobs and maybe would have not made, because those guys that were right on the fringe, it made a huge difference. And but, that, that's, that's what should be talked about. Not right. the guys that theoretically would probably be in the hall of fame, even if they switched and hit right-handed, still so left-handed mm-hmm. like Barry Bonds would have figured it out. And it's just silly. It's really a personality contest. At times. He was
2: a hall of famer before he even did that. I mean, 400 yeah. home runs, 400 stolen bases. He was an all world center fielder, seven gold gloves. The fact that baseball is not putting him in the hall of fame, shame on them. Roger Clemens, a hall of famer, shame on them. Schilling Hall of famer. Absolutely. Keep first, going. Yeah. first of all, Kurt Schilling. Yes. He's got a big mouth. Yes. He has his own thoughts to the world and politics. Who the hell cares? The
4: guy but was a great we encouraged to do that yeah. Yeah. Right? Ask questions, right? Ask questions and have opinions, but be, be willing to take feedback yeah. and you know debate those things. That doesn't exist. And the fact that they said Kurt Schilling, you you shouldn't say that you believe in that guy or this guy or think that politically or be a bad teammate. And now actually be a Christian, a good guy and give away money. So you say you're you're a bad guy. Now Don Mattingly. Great guy, awesome dude, almost every way, shape, and form, like needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Maybe he's on the cusp. You can't find anybody that doesn't love him. So if you're going to go all personality and it's going to be Miss Congeniality contest, you got to put him in, right? You have to. Like, it's just like, what are the standards? Like, it's the biggest problem in sports is explain it. Like, you would understand the shift better if you understood arbitration. Hmm. No matter what they do, they're not going to change what we're seeing until they change the way they pay these guys. Yeah. I love the banning of the shift. Now I hated it right. like when they did it. And the only reason I say that is because once again, I want to see guys adapt. And I know that it's not going to change the fact that the swing and miss is the problem, Right. the walks are the problem, but that's what they're getting paid for mm-hmm. hit homers, OPS o- OPS plus. That's all it is. That's why Joey Gallo is getting 11 million mm. and it's an arbitration problem. It's a pay problem. And it's really highlighted at guys that are in arbitration. That's 5% of the guys that ever touch the field or something like that. So, yeah, I I wish they would be more transparent. I think it would help so much, you know, like what's the real reason? What are we doing and how are we doing it? And that would, I think that would mean so much to fans because you don't know, but watching the shift, this be gone and seeing how athletic these dudes are, it's fun. And they're going to have to actually think now, right? Mm. It's not an offensive coordinator up in the uh, front office mapping it out four days in advance, saying, "Oh, he needs to play here. He needs to play here." Now, a guy that you know his ankle hurts, he could shade some way, watch a swing, and actually have to learn. You know, hey, the dude's late. Maybe I'm gonna move this way a little bit. Maybe I have to learn what his pitcher's throwing, and maybe you know, adapt to that. I mean, that was the cool stuff when you're coming up. You you got an advantage to that. You know, now that may come back. So it's gonna be. Interesting, but everything they're doing is is a play to put more stuff in. I mean, we've already seen that.
2: We are talking to former Rockies, Pirates, and Cardinals catcher, current AT&T, Sportsnet, MLB analyst, Michael McHenry. Mike, when you look at the game, and uh, I know you're a busy guy, so we don't want to keep you on too much longer. I know you're having a great time, and you get to look at Speedy's wonderful hair. Um, when you look <laughs> at the game... <laughs> And the transition of the game and, and some of these new rules and, and these writers. And I think the writers are the worst in professional sports because they're the ones that vote these guys into the Hall of Fame. That's why Jeff Kent is not in the Hall of Fame. That's why Barry Bonds is in the Hall of Fame. Kirk Schilling, like we were saying. But... The game as a whole, the transition of the game, and with, I believe, one of the worst commissioners in professional sports, Rob Manford, and I'm sorry, he's horrible. Please, in 2024, Theo Epstein... Please let him become the the uh, commissioner of baseball because I think he can help baseball transition to the better years and I maybe make the baseball the world power here in the United States again. It was once the world power. Now it's the NFL and, and baseball's fallen apart. It really is because of the NBA, the growth internationally, and then you know the NFL. Now they're trying to bring the NFL in England and Germany and all over the place. But, I think it's ruined what does the game. Fall
4: apart mean because. I think that's something that like they need to explain. I, I can't. I can't explain. You said
2: it. The, you said it. Yeah. You, United States. I. I mean the USA.
4: Yeah. Like I, I said, yeah. in the long run. But yeah. Like, when you're when you're San Diego Padres, mm-hmm. and you're a small market, and you're just blowing past. You know the 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 cap, not cap, but like whatever Lots the competitive tax. balance.
2: They like, don't have enough fans they, that go to the games. How do they no, pay it, for that?
4: That just shows how much <laughs> money they have. Yeah. Like, that's how much revenue is coming in. I mean, mm-hmm. every team is worth over a billion dollars. Right. And most of these guys paid for their teams, if you look it up, less than 300 million. Mm-hmm. So their return on investment's remarkable. So, is it that there's a problem that the game's not growing and people aren't like showing up and the revenue's down? Or right. is it that these guys are, you know, sitting on a lot of money and some are realizing, man, if we win and we bring in exciting players like San Diego, New York, like great things are going to happen, but then that happens. It's like, no, you're going to mess up our thing. We have going here, our scheme. They just need to bridge the gap, but they need to be honest. It's mm. like with all the regional network stuff, what's going on MLB, you can pay for it. You can buy it. M O B P A, come buy one of the regions. I think that'd be the most brilliant move. And then all the players can brand themselves and get all the revenue, mm. right? Like just do something that's different. That's maybe not 50 plus. You know, go, go, go down, get, get people that can think really outside the box that are great business mind. that know nothing about baseball. Right. And then let them take care of the business and you take care of that product on the field. Right. Keep them on the field. Injuries are going up. That makes no sense. Make mm. it make sense mm. every year. He's I just have told me these conversations lately. And it's so frustrating because like Mike Trout being on the field is good for baseball. Like guys not having Tommy John is good for baseball. You can quantify these things better than you ever could. So why are they continually getting hurt? Mm. Are they not sharing the information? I know a lot of these answers. I'm I'm asking fans to think through it. Mm. Right? If you can read a biomechanics and tell a guy, hey, if you did this, this, and this, and we strengthen your core and make sure your hips loosen up with your mobility, that kinetic chain is going to work faster. You're going to throw probably four to five miles an hour harder on average. Maybe better, maybe worse because everybody's a little bit different. We're humans. And it works almost every time if the guy puts in the work and owns it, right? And then you can take that and say, well, if you're moving that efficient, you're not putting the stress on your elbow. And you can wear these devices. You can do this. And it's like, wow, we have all these things that tell us how not to get hurt, how to be better. But, like, it's going up and up and up and up. Mm -hmm. It's like I just – Want to figure out like what's I'll in it. what? I tell you what. I tell you what. Let's go to Trevor Bauer,
2: oh, who God. is. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah,
4: that's another mess. The guy needs to be in a baseball uniform. On a... <laughs> I mean, I,
2: I mean, I will say this: the guy is a science, you know, wizard when it comes to your arm and protecting your arm. The guy has never had problems with his arm or his shoulder ever. With some of the the mathematical, scientific you know, ways he trains his arm every single year in the offseason, if he just can keep himself from, you know, the stupidity off the field, this guy could really change the game as far as pitchers are concerned. He is what you want when it comes to finding a guy that can help you uh, from not getting hurt, not hurting your shoulder, not hurting your, your elbow as a as a pitcher. I mean, he is the guy. Him and his father are brilliant. He's just stupid off the field, a dumb person. And, and unfortunately he was but, raised,
4: but, but name more, more than the case that he got acquitted. Yeah.
2: I, I agree. I agree. And, and that's that, mm-hmm. like,
4: I'm a, I'm a, I'm a believer and I always give people grace. I mean, it's almost been three years, right? Right. Has he done anything wrong? No. Has he, has he been, you know, no outspoken everything else. Yeah. That's the problem. And the fact that he's worth his contract for any team that wants to sign him is league minimum. Right. And he's a top five pitcher. I watched him throw bullpen just the other day. I don't know Trevor Bauer. And I don't I don't know what really happened, blah blah, mm. blah. It's not for me to wonder. If he shows up and he pitches and he does everything he needs to, I have no problem.
2: The right? only thing and I agree with you, I think Trevor like Bauer league, deserves. Vaughn, yes. Yeah.
4: Like he didn't have to go pitch in the penal league. Like Rick Bond in the major league, right? mm mm-hmm. So
2: I mean, I just, but the stories coming out with him is, is what he says about women, the way he has treated women in the past. That's the only thing that I hold back from, from maybe signing him because he's admitted so why is Tiger
4: Woods worth a billion dollars.
2: Oh, well, Tiger Woods is a whole nother story, by the way. Yeah,
4: but like, what about all the guys at didn't <laughs> That's
3: it, it, it's, true too. It, it's,
4: it's, it's just one of those things. Yeah, it's I like guess. that double-edged right. sword. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because he was revolutionary. He's outspoken. Mm-hmm. He pushed back. He asked tough questions and fans loved it. Uh, I mean, go look at his YouTube. Uh-huh. Go look at his brand growing and you've marked by word. If they don't get him back in this game, there's going to be another league. Uh-huh. He's going to, he's going to do something that's going to push back so hard and make it make sense for people. Right. I don't know how he's going to do it. Cause like you said, he's so smart, but like there's been rumblings that that was going to happen in years past uh-huh. and it's happened in golf. It's happened in, I don't know if it succeed, but you look at the Savannah Bananas and different things like <laughs> they're doing really well. They're they're doing really really well. They just built a multi million dollar state of the art media right. uh, center there, and they're going all over the country. And you know Johnny Damon's going there to play. I mean that's cool. Yeah, like it, it's fun. So yeah, I I'm interested, but I, I don't understand like why you know one guy can play and the other guy can't like. But, Ozuno's playing in the playoffs and he's indicted three days before, you know, just, just find a standard, mm. you know, just find, find a way to go about it and be really honest. Like the reason he got, you know, his band the longest of all time was from an arbiter in major league baseball, hired by major league baseball. And there was nobody that could challenge him, mm. but the state and the government who went to school for 10 years to be a judge and then had to work their way up acquitted him in every way. And he has the only female agent. So why is she there? (laughs) Like, you know, but like, go listen to why she's there. Yeah. You know? And that's, that's the thing is like, there's always two sides right, wrong or indifferent. Just tell us both. I will say this. I will say this. It's sorry to cut you off. That's just a really like, like strong thing because like, there's things that happened in my, I'll tell you something that happened in my career that it was, it was going to be devastating. I failed a drug test. Mm Mm-hmm. I never took steroids. I took a medication I was taking that I took since I was a kid on and off. I have ADD. The doctor didn't turn in my paperwork. But instead of facing that fact, they were going to let me fail a drug test. And I was the first player because someone stood up for me and said, not Michael. Michael, didn't, Michael did not do anything wrong. He's been on this medication. And I, don't even, I still don't know who this is. Hmm. Wow. That was in 2016. I played on five teams. My dad had cancer. I saw two doctors. I spent 350 bucks to pay these guys all on my own dime to make sure all my bases were covered. Hmm. And the paperwork wasn't done by the doctor that I didn't see who changed my medication, did everything else. And I was going to have to walk away from baseball as a guy that failed a drug test. And being a guy that is bulky and whatnot, of course they're going to believe it. Oh, that's how he got there. Dude, there's no telling what that could have done to me. And the worst part is I had to sue MLB right afterwards. Wow. It's horrible. So like nobody, not many people have ever heard that story, but like they were going to throw me under the bus. And I had almost 140 emails my wife wrote of pure evidence. There was a lawsuit and guess who won? You did. My doctor. My doctor. Mm -hmm. Supposedly it's all lock and key, but he, guess what? He's not an MLB certified doctor anymore. And that, that, that's like, he didn't do anything wrong. Nothing. He did nothing wrong. So that's where like, there's always two sides. And I try to, I try to see it from a picture of their lens instead of mine, you know, cause everybody has a different reality, you know, and you don't know, you know, nobody ever talks about Trevor Bowers worth $42 million that year too. <laughs> right. Like there's a lot of stories of people, you know, coming in and trying to take that. Mm-hmm. So I
2: agree with you, man, Mike, we really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy. We would love to get you on again. Uh, we've, we've interviewed a lot of ex baseball players, but you're one of my favorites. I I think
4: stop. No, nah, i be serious. Stop you're it. very, you're very, that.
2: no serious. Being... We had Ben Heller on yesterday, uh, uh, relief pitcher for the Tampa Bay rays. Uh, we're getting a lot of baseball guys on now because the baseball season's right around the corner. But, um, you know your your sincerity and who you are as a person, and really being open with us. And I'm I'm sure you've been on a bunch of shows, and uh, uh, a lot of people are just you're know, gonna sit there and say yeah 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 whatever whatever. I think us we we like to open up and be different when it comes to interviewing people. Not just because we're radio guys, but also we respect the per- the people that we interview. We know. Uh, the you know all the different trials and tribulations you probably had to go through that people don't know. Uh, me as an athlete, I was a hockey player. Hurt my knee, uh, my career was over before it even started. You know, and I was a I was a top prospect. So I know I, I know what it's like to to be on top and then fall all the way to the
4: bottom. And uh, you know, to, look at you now though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Built, you built your own thing. Yeah. Right. And, and you got soon, your big leagues right here, baby.
2: Yeah. And soon we'll I believe we'll be. Nationally bigger than I believe anybody in the industry, and I, I really do believe it and uh, we we want to be different. We want to show people that uh, radio should be done a different way and uh, the way radio is right now, I think it's i my opinion it 's garbage and i I think you have to have fun, you have to be open you have to when you get people on your show, you want them to be different, you want the interview to be more open and and different in a conversation instead of sitting there and asking the same old boring questions have a little fun with those guys and and let them know that you are different and you have the energy and personality that can st- you know stick with them no matter what they played or who they are in the industry so uh we really appreciate you man keep up the good work and uh we would love to get you on again keep up the- and, and and hopefully the pirates are a pretty good team this year in the National League we're hoping uh, you know, one of those guys, one of your best players could have been a Yankee in the offseason. It didn't work out, but maybe uh, as the season progressively moves forward, he could be. So uh, thank you for all the work that you've done for the MLB. Keep up the good work. Stay out of trouble, buddy. OK, <laughs> yeah,
4: no, no, no problem there. And hey, I appreciate you guys have me. And, you know, this was a lot of fun. And you're right, like just meeting people where they're at, you know, talking shop like you're you know, the boys hanging out in the basement or Mm -hmm. at the bar, I think it's really important because Mm -hmm. that's what the average fan does. And that's what I try to do. And I'm always willing, anybody that's watching this, you guys like, give me feedback. Cause I want to know from you guys. And there's so much that's out there. That's not talked about some of the best writers. You were talking about writers, some of the best writers. And that's why I'm doing this uh, podcast with Mackie in, in Pittsburgh, because like he calls a spade a spade. He, he calls everything as is. And he backs it up with facts and understanding, and he goes and sees the player too. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing I I would say, like in media and and everything with like radio. Like, just remember they're a human. Why they're struggling may not be anything more than something outside the realm of your understanding because no matter what, we have to show up and play. Right. They don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. Someone died, doesn't matter. Show up and play. Right. Torn hamstring, show up and play. You know, it's the playoffs Mm -hmm. because. And you want to, and when the fans back you, because they understand that, it's a whole different world. And that's what I hope you guys continue to do: Outkick, Three Hundred and Sixty, Barstool, all these guys that are, you know, kind of pushing back in different ways. You know, it's cool. When know, we, when I, we, I love how things are taking different lanes. Like yeah. you guys are different. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed this, and I'd love to come back on.
2: Absolutely, I, I will. I will say this: those when we, when we get our shot, no matter what. Area it is in the industry from any of the big names, and I'm not going to mention them. Everybody knows. Whatever, what, whenever it happens, and it's. I believe it's going to happen soon. Uh, we're we're not going to forget what we, where we were, and and where we came from to where where we become uh in that future. I I don't, I don't think anybody understands how hard this industry is. And I've said that to many, many different people that have really moved towards broadcasting after their careers. It's not easy. It's even harder now to do this than become a professional athlete because it's just – everybody has a podcast and everybody's doing that and everybody's doing that. And we do a show at 103.9 FM out here, and we try to give and deliver something that other people don't deliver in New York sports, being that this is one of the hardest areas in the industry to work in this industry. So – uh, again mike keep up the good work do the thing that you you love to do and that's uh you know be a part of what baseball is and and the transition of baseball and be the face of it because uh you've done such a great job uh on and off the field and uh I respect everything that you've done i'm going to have speedy send you my twitter i'm going to follow you on twitter and we'll be in touch man thank you so much
4: let, let, let's do it and i think speedy may be the first Silent assassin (laughs) on radio. (laughs) Well, he's not. Don't give me that much credit. I I, I, I I bet, I bet. I I, guys like you, Speedy. I want to like hear what's going on in your head without you having to even say anything. Like, you should put a (laughs) bubble above you. It's like, this is what PD's thinking, and like try to to have fun with that because I still haven't got to ask. Like, New York fan, Mets fan, you guys are friends. It's, it's he's wild. a Med
2: fan. He actually works. He, he came from Connecticut to come and work with me here in New York uh, after he graduated from college. And a lot of oh, people, cool. yep. And uh, Speedy's been through so many trials and tribulations. Uh, when he started, he was uh, not very good, uh, you know, sitting, working with me. And, um, and just really, I'm a very different personality to work with. I, I think he's opened up a little bit more as a radio guy and even when he meets people in person when he he's more shy than he is interactive with people i think more when he he he's been working with me he's been more open to to doing those things and i think he's changed i think he is he he's going to be one of the good ones when 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 the opportunity comes apart this guy is not only a big time play by play guy uh, personality really transitions really changed he will change the industry, and by the way, he is autistic too people don 't know that, but he is and uh wow. it's it 's pretty amazing uh from all the things that he has been through in his life and and for what he is now it's it's it 's pretty amazing it's it 's an amazing story and uh like i said a- anybody anybody can make it in this industry if you put your heart and soul into it and you work really really hard so um, and he's done that. And and he's going to get his opportunity, and no question.
3: Don't worry. Next time we have him on the show, maybe, maybe I could lure one of the aliens and they can figure out how to do the speech <laughs> bubbles above me. And then I'll, I won't even have to talk. I could just do the entire show in speech bubbles.
4: <laughs> yeah, in an alien suit. In okay.
3: an alien suit. Now, I,
2: I, listen, you know, he lost a bet one time. He had to dress up in a. Uh, you know, a woman's uh, wig and a woman's muumuu dress, okay? He, you a ever mo- se- A
4: what? A, a, a muumuu.
2: You know, you know when a, a big woman wears like a muumuu, you know, like it goes over you. It's not quite a dress, but it's like a muumuu. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never heard that. I've never heard that. You yeah, we- he, he ever see the movie The Ring? You know, the girl that comes up and crawls up from the thing? Yeah, she's not big, though. That's a muumuu. <laughs> but he wore something like that that looked like she was like... he. It was hilarious. It was like a pink... <laughs> It was absolutely I got to send you the picture. I have Speedy send you the picture. It is one of the funniest.
4: I don't funniest. Even know if I have it. Anymore. I have it. I have oh, it. You, okay. you guys have it. I'm sure you, you have, have it. So <laughs> oh, well, you <laughs>
3: I have one of the yeah. pictures. I got to send. I try that to not you. to think about it. It is
2: pretty funny. It is very very funny.
3: Yes, Snug. No, I know. I have one in a Cowboys jersey as well. As a matter of fact, I that had was to wear a, worse. I had to
2: wear a Patriots Tom Brady jersey, and I'm a Jet fan. Could you imagine that? The Ooh. you know person like me who can't stand Tom Brady had to do that. I lost the bet. I mean, you lose bets and you win bets. And I have a bet that
4: you got a man up.
2: Well, I'll tell you this. I got a bet that if Aaron Rodgers is, goes to the jets, somebody, one of our fans has to uh, eat dog poo poop. So he's got to pick up dog poo and stick it in his mouth and swallow it. And yes, he's one of our fans who likes to talk crap and he might be eating crap at the end of this. So, um, you know, it, paybacks are a bitch. You know you what I mean? Please let me know. I like, will. I'm good. Like
4: when when that show me. happens. <laughs> it's going to happen soon. <laughs> Man. And it, be- it, better, it better be warm. It better be oh, fresh. Oh, it, and is. it better be real.
2: It's going to okay. be real. It's going to be fresh. And he is going to lose. Yeah, but... I,
4: want, I, want to meet, I want to meet Poopy Mouth.
2: <laughs> You're going to get a chance to see it because but, he's going to face what it. What do you
4: have to do if he signs in Nashville?
2: Uh, if he goes anywhere else... I have to call one of our one of my friends slash fans the FUD for a year, twelve months of FUD. Which uh, it, it, why do we why do we have to call him FUD? Because he,
4: he it doesn't matter. That's all. Uh, apparently that was win. Yeah. that's an absolute win for you. Yeah, It is, it is a It doesn't. for me. and you calling somebody by a weird name. <laughs> <laughs> I would have taken that bet no matter what. You uh, didn't even have to tell me who. Who is for where he's going? Oh yeah, I'll take that. Wow. So, so the origin story
3: of that, uh, mm. th- this this guy Mike is his name as well, and and myself are our, our big New York Rangers fans. So in the playoffs, he was complaining. One of the games he was complaining about, and he was blaming it on the on the referees. But the way he says it with the with the dialect or whatever it is the pronunciation, it sounded like wefoese. So it started to get on that uh, Elmer Fudd-type thing, the cartoon-type <laughs> animation of it. Right. And then like we brought it, it up again because he's a Dallas Cowboys fan. When they lost in the playoffs to the 49ers, mm-hmm. we brought it up again, and we were just mocking that whole notion. So eventually that's, uh, that other caller, the one that has to lo- eat dog crap if he loses the bet, was, was bringing that up, and he's like, that's perfect. We're just going to roll with that. And since then, he's been calling him Fudd for about a month.
4: Yeah. So. Last thing before I go. God, man. You should do a fan vote. Mm-hmm. For the dog, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, it's a different yeah. breed, right? You yeah. do a little Shih Tzu, or like, do do you go full throttle and you get a Great Dane? Right, <laughs> there's a big difference there. Yeah,
2: so, well, if if I can't say it on air, but there was a reason why he doesn't care to eat dog doo doo. Okay, and I'm not going to say it on air because I don't want to sicken anybody or I don't know any if kids. I but I, I'll definitely have Speedy uh, send you the message on why he says it's not a big deal. But uh, um, it's definitely something that you'll probably fall off your chair after um, it is said to you. But uh, again, Whew. Mr. Michael McHenry, you are fantastic. As always, keep up the good work. We'll talk to you soon, bud. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. God bless. Absolutely. Thank you. Michael McHenry. Uh, ex MLB player, AT&T Sportsnet MLB analyst, fantastic, great personality, oh, yeah. great interview, uh, and 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 a person you know a person that you have a lot of respect for. Uh, he it wasn't easy, you know. And and look, seven years of professional baseball, and now is one of the voices of Pittsburgh Pirates baseball. There you go,
4: Speedy.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, great insight of everything in baseball. Mm-hmm. So you got you got a lot, You got to love the the perspective on the hall of fame the perspective on these rules changes it was a great interview it was one of the best interviews we ever had yes i, I i'm not saying it's uh, i informative unique funny like great personality like it was everything in that in that interview one of the best maybe the best we've ever done with any it was a fantastic athletes.
2: interview it's an interview that if you missed must listen okay uh it is something that uh if you're a baseball fan if you're just a fan of our show. If you missed that interview, shame on you. That was a great interview, and and this week the interviews have been fantastic. It really has been, um, and and just uh, you know, personality wise, the what these these guys have gone through, and and you listen, you, you, if you listen to Michael and and what he said about his career, he used to be picked on. You know what I mean? Right. He was he he was uh you know obviously um made fun of as a kid and was bullied and and look where he beca- look what he became look where he's gone as a professional athlete that by itself sells you oh yeah from from what you could do and what you could be in the future if you just put your mind to it it doesn't matter when anybody tells you and it's the same thing with us i believe we're going to be the biggest radio show and i i believe and i i when my my agent came to me and he asked me before he decided to to take me on, I told him, he says, where do you want to go with this? I want to be the biggest radio show host in the country. I want to be the best. Not because I want to I want to stick out like a sore thumb and say, I'm the best. I, I want to show people that my desire, my personality, and my want to being the best is going to get me where I want to go. I, and you put your mind and your heart and your soul into anything you do. And you want... I've done this for, eight, what, eight, nine years? and And I'm still... Growing and, and wanting to be uh, on top of the world with this. And, and I believe it's coming. And I believe in, in hard work and dedication. So, uh, and Speedy, you've been with me for five years now. And I, I have not changed who I am. And I will never change who I am when it comes to personality because this is who I am. Of course. You know, and, and I, it, what you hear on this show and my craziness is the same person I am off air. If anybody knows me off air, if you think I'm crazy on this show, you have no idea how crazy I am off the show, and and this is how I build my friendships. and And people will tell you anybody that knows me personality wise will tell you, Errol is one of the craziest SOBs I've ever met, but he's real, and he's you know he's always been there, a hundred and ten percent. No matter what he will, be, what no matter where he goes or what he does in the future, I will never forget where I'm from, and, and who I am as a person. I'll never change, never. So, uh, and that that's just who I am. and And thank you to uh, Michael McHenry. Thank you to Clay Ferraro. Uh, two great, great guests tonight. A lot of sports to get into. Why don't we go to a quick break? When we come back, more football. We're going to get into some baseball as Carlos Rodon suffers a left forearm injury and Aaron Judge reportedly turned down an offer over $50 million extra from the Padres to stay with the Yankees. When we come back, we will argue why Aaron Judge might have made a mistake. Crazy to say that, but I'm going to tell you why when we come back here on the Sports Loudmouths.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouths.
2: 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You are listening to the Sports Loud Mouths. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Speedier. Yes, Speedy Petey. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Sports Lab which airs every single Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Great guests, great commentating, great craziness on our shows, as always. Listen to us every single week on our network. And, yes, uh, over the weekend we have Kenny Rainer doing the show. I, if you want to... Uh, you know, sleep, or listen to craziness, uh, listen to Kenny on Sundays. It is a crazy, crazy, weird show. Anyways, you have people wearing, you know, nothing. I mean, they're wearing, you know, towels after the showers. I mean, it it is crazy. Anyways, um, you sit here, and we were talking about Lamar Jackson, but there's a quarterback carousel going on in the NFL. And uh, former... NFL general manager Michael Lombardi believes the Rams would love to trade Matthew Stafford this offseason. Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl just two years ago. Matthew Stafford was the reason why the Rams won the Super Bowl two years ago. This past year, he had a a shoulder surgery, or I'm sorry, shoulder injury injury In the offseason, going into this year's season, he wasn't 100% healthy. He wasn't. And now all of a sudden, he missed the full season practically. And the Rams gave up so many prospects, so many picks, when they traded for him from Detroit. And they wanted to win a Super Bowl. And Matthew Stafford is still within age. He could still play another five years. I don't know how bad his back is. I don't know how bad his shoulder is. But after you win a Super Bowl, and now your contract is slowly going to be up in the next two years, why all of a sudden are Rams trying to move him? Trying to push away the quarterback that finally brought you home a championship in how many years? This is the problem with professional sports. You're good one year, you're loved and beloved one year, and then you're complete garbage the next. And I I can't sit here right now, and I'm not a Matthew Stafford fan. As a matter of fact, I still think Matthew Stafford will go go to the Hall of Fame. He has the numbers. He'll probably uh, not be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I think he's a second or third. I do not believe Matthew Stafford's career is over. I don't. I do believe he has some injuries he needs to clean up. And and maybe this offseason he has cleaned them up. He has a tremendous amount of talent as far as Cooper Cup is concerned. and And some of the players that he has had over the last couple of years. The offensive line needs to be cleaned up. This is something um, that they need to do this offseason. Maybe they start to drop players and bring players and free agents in to help out Matthew Stafford, because how are you expecting a quarterback that is a pocket-present quarterback, he is not a mobile quarterback, to stand in the pocket and make every single throw? And I, I, I can't sit here, and I'm not saying, maybe, Keith, he might be done. Who
3: Maybe he is. Very much could be, especially if that back injury... He might
2: be. But to say that, oh, they're willing to trade him, obviously is not done if they're willing to trade him. Because if they're willing to trade him, they know something, that he is going to come back at least somewhat healthy. Is he not a Hall of Fame? A Hall of Famer? Speedy, bring up his numbers. Bring up Matthew Stafford's numbers. Because I am going to compare his numbers to the elite quarterbacks of this era. And now winning a Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers won won Super Bowl. Now, is he Aaron Rodgers? No, he's not. There there might only be one quarterback that we know that we can compare him to Aaron Rodgers, and that is Tom Brady. Okay?
3: But Matthew Stafford has the numbers of a Hall of Famer. Speedy you have him? Fifty-two thousand eighty-two passing yards. He's got three hundred thirty-three touchdowns, one hundred ninety-six, one hundred sixty-nine interceptions, sixty-three point two percent completion percentage, averaging eleven point six yards per pass. Mm-hmm. And he played uh, fourteen seasons in the NFL, two thousand nine and two thousand nine, uh, two thousand twenty with Detroit, and then the last two years with the Rams. Bring, really like bring up Ben Roethlisberger's numbers. Bring up Ben Roethlisberger's numbers and compare Ben
2: Roethlisberger's numbers to him. Now, Ben won two Super Bowls. One of them was his rookie season. And it really wasn't him. It was the defense.
3: So Roethlisberger finished his career with 6, 64,088 yards, four hundred. Which is
2: only, by the way, 13,000 more than Matthew Stafford. And
3: Matthew Stafford's how old? Matthew Stafford is, let's see, he is thirty.
2: 35. let thirty-four, thirty-five. Let's 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 put it. that yep, means. 35. And 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 Ben Roethlisberger retired at what age?
3: He retired only three, uh, two years ago at age thirty-nine.
2: Thirty-nine. So he has four years more than Matthew Stafford. That means Matthew Stafford could break his numbers in three years. He throws around four thousand yards every single year. So. Okay, so the yards, now touchdowns. What touchdowns?
3: He has 418 to Matthew Stafford's 333. Okay. And he has much more interceptions, 211 to Stafford's 169. And
2: Ben, ben has played on the Pittsburgh, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the greatest teams of all time when it comes to the NFL, and always a good team, to the Lions, the Detroit Lions. And all he threw to really was Calvin Johnson all those years to say that Matthew Stafford isn't a hall of famer is ridiculous. Keith, I love you. Matthew Stafford's a hall of famer. He is an absolute hall of famer. If he were to retire today after winning that Super Bowl, he's a hall of famer.
3: Yes, Keith, Eli Manning is also a hall of famer. So, yes. Okay. Uh, no, uh, Keith, you might have a difficult standards for these quarterbacks, I guess. Because if you're saying Eli Manning, Big Ben, and, and Matthew Stafford are not Hall of Famers, uh, I don't know about that. Keith, you might have a tough. Eli's
2: standard. a Hall of Famer. Ben is a Hall of Famer. Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying Matthew Stafford's a first to ballot Hall of Famer. He's not, but he is a Hall of Famer. He is one of the elite quarterbacks of this era. He is. His numbers show he played for the Detroit. Lions, an organization with a bunch of losers. How many coaches has Matthew Stafford had over the years he was in Detroit?
3: Including a stint of Matt Patricia. <laughs> Whoever wants to had to be about four enough. or five. Probably four. Yeah, because Caldwell was there for a while. That was probably half his tenure. But before that, they had the one year of one. Caldwell, Caldwell wasn't that long. Car- he was there for two years. Caldwell was there for five years. No way. No but- way. Go look that up. 2010 to 2013. And, Look that up. And then. then 20- Caldwell was not there. They, they actually fired him with a winning
2: record. Caldwell was no, not I know there. That. Long. I know that. It was
3: a really bad move to fire him, for sure. And then they bumped around. Uh, Jim Schwartz was there for a little bit. And. Oh, no. Jim Schwartz was there before Jim Caldwell. Then Jim Caldwell was there. They fired him. He was there for record. two
2: years, Caldwell.
3: He wasn't there that long. I'm telling you, go look. And then Matt Patricia, surviving that stint alone is really, uh, really going to be something that was, was bad enough. And then Rod Marinelli, too. Remember? Bad coaching. <laughs> Rod Marinelli, who coached the 0 16 Lions. Stafford came in drafted as the number one pick, and they were 2 and 14 the first year, too. So I thought like he really helped this cause either. No, and Rod I. Marinelli.
2: <laughs> Matthew Stafford's a Hall of Famer. He is absolutely a Hall of Famer. He was the number one pick. How many number one picks, besides Peyton Manning? That you could remember in the last twenty years that are going to the Hall of Fame. Honestly, could anybody answer that question? I mean, Eli Manning was he a, the number one pick? I mean, it was really technicality wise. I, I mean, maybe him. It, the, there's nobody. Usually, if you're number one, you're 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 not the not the quarterback everybody thought. You were going to be. He came from Georgia, Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how many Georgia quarterbacks were drafted in the first round as top picks? There was one uh, not too far f- far from him that uh, couldn't stay healthy.
3: Yeah, Keith says, uh, I, love, I think Stafford should definitely be a Hall of Famer. I agree. I'm just saying how the writers are going to vote. I don't care what the writers say. He's not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he's a Hall of Famer. Right, it might take him th- probably three tries. Yeah, base he's on, based yeah. on other positions. Yeah, we said Peyton Manning, Jeff. Yeah, uh, we said Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, uh, we number said one, number one overall pick. But yeah, twenty years. Yeah, you're, you're look at a lot of other quarterbacks. There
2: are not place. many quarterbacks that are picked at number one that are that are Hall of Famers. There are not many. Right. Okay. Especially in the last twenty years. Mm-hmm.
3: Again, there's more recently just because of the quarterback trends, but before that there was a very I guess interesting...
2: if Eli's the number one or Philip Rivers, right. whoever's Eli you put Eli's him.
3: the number one. So we'll count it as Eli. Eli. And then Payton, Peyton Manning. And then that's what you're looking at. And and then Matthew Stafford. Because you look at since Matthew Stafford's that draft that draft in two thousand nine, a lot of the quarterbacks that were taken number one either bust. good or you have the the case boss, of Baker Newton. Mayfield. Cam Newton I mean, was let's good, go but up. he was hurt a lot, so he's not going to make the Hall of Fame.
2: Let's go up and down. Speedy, go look at the top top ten years, the last ten years, the number one picks. Whoever so were quarterbacks,
3: Andrew Luck didn't. Uh, Andrew Luck and Cam Newton both got injury issues. Andrew
2: Luck's not going to Hall of Fame he's, because he didn't play long enough,
3: and neither is Cam Newton because he had a lot of injury issues as well. So mm-hmm. that's going to keep him out. So then then you're dealing with uh, then you're dealing with two years in a row that weren't quarterbacks. So 2013 and 2014, 2015 with Javis Winston. Mm-hmm. He's not going to go to the Hall no, of Fame. No, definitely not. <laughs> so 2016 with Jared Goff. Maybe the
2: Hall of Fame is stealing uh, you know, crab legs or something.
3: Yeah, 2016 was Jared Goff. He's not going to go to the Hall of Fame. He's the
2: Hall of Fame thief.
3: That's what he is. So then uh, 17 was Miles Garris. 2018 was Baker Mayfield. He's not going to go to the Hall of Fame. Nope. And 2019 is Kyler Murray, who's not on a good track right now. No. The way he's behaving.
2: No. <laughs> and uh, Speaking in a third person, too. So maybe it'll be three Kyler Murrays on the field before you know it.
3: And then 2020 is Joe Burrow, who could be, but we have to see down the road. It's Joe Burrow's going
2: to be a Hall of Famer. If, as long as he stays healthy, Joe Burrow's going to be be a Hall of Famer.
3: Right. And then same thing with Trevor Lawrence. It's just too early. Oh to uh, Yeah.
2: Trevor Lawrence, if he stays healthy and he keeps um, moving in the right direction, he could be a Hall of Famer too. We'll see if he can stay healthy. Right. But uh, yeah, it, it's not, it's unusual to see a first, number one pick go to the Hall of Fame and Matthew Stafford deserves it. And and yes, he will be a Hall of Famer. Is he going to be a first ballot? No. Jeff, I can't remember. Jeff where did Stafford that. go to school? Yeah. We said Georgia. We said Georgia. We know. But uh, again, we sit here today, and and a lot of people... And and listen, Lombardi coming out and saying that, I'm not surprised. What are the Rams getting for Matthew Stafford? What are they trading him for? I mean, right now, Green Bay will be lucky to get a second pick this year, and maybe a second pick next year, uh, depending on how the Jets play, if they move Aaron Rodgers. They're not getting a first-round draft pick, and they're not going to get back what they gave up for Matthew Stafford. So why would they do that?
3: The only th- reason they would do that is because this is the last year that his salary hit is actually uh, not bad. It's only a, it's only a salary hit of ninety or twenty million this year because he's only making a base salary. Who wants him, Speedy? Yeah, that that's the other question. Who wants though. him? I know you're gonna you're gonna judge a lot of NFC teams that are gonna trade him for probably only a day three pick at this point. I think you're only gonna get a fourth round. They're pick not gonna
2: trade spot. him in the NFC because they don't want to play him.
3: I don't think they're gonna really have that option at this point because there's not a lot of teams because of, uh, the, if the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, I mean a lot of the other teams are either rebuilding in the AFC or have their quarterback set unless Miami decides to make a trade, but I don't think they're going to do it for Stafford. That doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't
2: sense. make sense. I, I, don't know, I don't know why this story is being brought out, but again, I, I do believe Matthew Stafford deserves a little bit more respect by the Rams. Uh, the Rams, he was one of the main reasons why the Rams made it to the Super Bowl with those throws against Tampa Bay and outdueling the great Tom Brady,
3: but that's the uh, pr- that's the price of the approach that the Rams took, where they didn't get a lot, they didn't have a lot of homegrown players because they didn't have any first or second round picks for a while. Because right. they, they traded him a lot for Jalen Ramsey, they traded they traded him a lot for Leonard Floyd, and mm-hmm. all the all these guys that they accumulated, and even trading up in the draft too, like yep. they, they traded. A, two extra first-round picks to get Jared Goff at the time, too. So they had to do that. They traded a first-round pick for Brandon Cooks, who didn't last very long with the Rams as it was for two two years. So that was it. So that's the price they have. And now they have six different salaries. We talked about it with the Jalen Ramsey trade. They have six salaries over $20 million right now. Yep. So Stafford is the only one right now of that big, those alleged big contracts that are right now tradable for not having... Mean, I mean, they, they could trade, trade Cooper Cup, but why but, would they do that? But financially, it doesn't make a lot of sense because Cup's cap hit is huge. Stafford's cap hit is actually but not you huge get, this year. You
2: really can't get anything else from for more than Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald. I mean, they could trade Jalen Ramsey. What are they going to... What is teams going to give up for Jalen Ramsey? Jalen Ramsey, the last two 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 and a half years has not been the Jalen Ramsey that he was when they made that trade with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, And they give up a lot for Jalen Ramsey. And Jalen Ramsey's making a lot of money. Right. So if, if, let's say, the Rams try to trade him this offseason, which they're looking to do so, um, what are they getting for him? They're not getting a first-round draft they'll pick get, for him. They'll get a second. Uh, no way. No I, way. I think they'll get a second. No way. No we way. T- we
3: talked about it yesterday. There's third a lot round. of teams that need quarters. Third round. I think they'll
2: get, get a third-round draft pick for him. That's all they're going to get for him. They have to remember he's under contract still. So, uh trading that contract, they have to take on that contract one and they got to trade something to get him. So, I, I cannot see Jalen – you get it, getting more than
3: a third-round third, third round pick for Jalen Ramsey. I, I'm sorry. You can't. Keith says uh, nobody wants Stafford. That's why I don't think the Rams are going to be able to be as like stingy as the Packers were. Oh, we're not going to trade him in the NFC. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to have to trade him in the NFC. Any one of those NFC South teams that don't miss out. Who? who Carolina? Maybe Carolina. Atlanta? Does. I mean I think Atlanta should, should still try to push I mean for he Lamar did play Jackson. for Georgia. I, I know. May, maybe Atlanta makes sense as a homecoming. I could see that. But I still think they should try Does to push he for Lamar Does he have a no trade? Does
2: he have a no trade clause?
3: I am not sure. I'll figure that out. But yeah, that would make a lot of sense from the homecoming perspective, but Atlanta really Makes no sense why they decided to back out on Lamar Jackson because their scheme is perfect for that kind of thing with Lamar Jackson. So, I'm Baltimore, su- I'm surprised with that. Maybe I don't uh, know. I mean,
2: Baltimore, him going to Baltimore, if Lamar Jackson's gone, he goes to one of the other teams. I don't know. I mean, there's not many teams out there that is going to make a move for a veteran quarterback that has a back injury and maybe isn't 100%. Now, we'll see what's going to happen why this story is coming out and why this is hitting the carousel of quarterbacks that are going to be available is because the trade deadlines right around the corner
3: it does not look like he has a no and trade and free agency clause. so no, does not have a no trade clause okay so
2: he can be traded mm-hmm. but how does that make the rams look being that this is a guy that took you all the way to the super bowl and won you a super bowl and then all of a sudden because of one year and one injury he he sat out for the season you're just giving up on him when, when you made that move to give up the amount of picks that you gave up for him
3: two years ago. Mm-hmm. This is he says, he's an out after the 2026 season, and this is the last year that he's on a pretty reasonable cap hit, 20 million, and then next year, 49 and a half million. the well, that's year, why they're talking fifth, about it, right? That's well, they exactly can re-
2: con- they can restructure that.
3: If they don't trade him, that's what will happen.
2: Yeah, they have to restructure it. But the Rams have put themselves in cap hell because of the Aaron Donald thing, the Jalen Ramsey thing. Um, Aaron Donald should have possibly retired last year. He had an off year this year. No, he's still a dominant player, and anybody would take Aaron Donald right now. Anybody would line up for Aaron Donald. The Jets, the Giants, anybody, the Patriots would take Aaron Donald uh, on. He is that good of a player. Who do we have on the phone, Speedy? We got Jeff. Jeff, what's up, man? You guys,
1: like, it's obvious why they want to get rid of Stafford. Like, it's obvious. Like, I don't, like, it, it baffles me that you don't understand it. They sold their soul to win a Super Bowl. They did. And now it's time to pay the piper. Right? You can't keep everyone, and maybe not only would they be doing the team a solid by unloading him, they'd be doing him a solid because the Rams aren't going to be able to compete for quite a number of years. right? And by the time they are ready to compete, oh, Matthew Stafford will be injured again or old or whatever, and then they'll be looking for a quarterback. And the compensation that they would get back for him doesn't matter. They're clearing the decks, and they would get an asset in return. Like, that's that's what it is, dude. And you're also missing a, an obvious team uh, landing spot for him that is a team that is ready to win and kind of a quarterback away. How about Washington?
3: Yeah, They have good receivers.
1: That? They have good receivers and things there. They're kind of a quarterback away from really competing. Are they a Super Bowl team? Who knows? But they would be uh, – look, if, if the Jets got Aaron Rodgers, how different is it if – The uh, commanders get Matthew Stafford. They're kind of on even ground there. And if you think the Jets are a contender if they get Rodgers, the commanders are a contender if they get
3: Stafford. Keith says the Rams wanted a Super Bowl, got it, Mm -hmm. and now they're going to suck. Well, yeah, Keith and Jeff. I don't
2: know if they're going to suck. Now, if they figure out what's wrong with their (laughs) offensive line, they still have a pretty good team. They have Aaron Donald come back. If they bring Jalen Ramsey back, if they don't move him, this is still a pretty good team. Practically the same team that went to the Super Bowl. If they can figure out what's wrong with that offensive line, that offensive line has fallen apart. But this offseason, they can add some free agents to the line. They 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 do have picks this year. I'm pretty sure they do.
3: They don't have a first, but they do have the. They have a second,
2: else. a third, yeah. a fourth, and a fifth. They can rebuild that offensive line to youth and young players. I think they should ride it off for at least one more year with Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, you're not going to get a lot back for him right now because he's not, he didn't have a season last year. Maybe you play him this year. You see what you have. He'll be 36 next year. If he shows that he can still be, be a pretty decent quarterback, throws 3, 35, 3,700 yards or close to 4,000 and 20 semi touchdowns with Cooper Cup healthy, then you have something to trade. Maybe you can get some pieces back for a guy Matthew, Matthew Stafford. Not right now. Would you would
1: you say that the Rams are basically in a rebuilding mode?
2: I don't think so. No. How are they going to rebuild? Why did Sean McVay decide to come back? This is how he could they have left. He could have left. But this is how but this is how they would rebuild. What are they getting right? back for him? Anything, it doesn't matter. It's
1: another piece to fill a hole because and you're clearing the decks. This whole idea of restructuring contracts by the way You need to start looking at restructuring contracts like buying something with a credit card okay you 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 swipe the card there's no cash exchange you just get it and you have to pay for it later so every time you restructure a contract it just drags out that cap hit where if they if they just cut bait now they're clearing the decks and resetting their cap structure so the rebuild can happen quicker that's why people let these that's why teams let these people go so they can clear the that's how the time, time with tom brady ended in new england the cap hit at the end dude when he first left they couldn't afford another quarterback because of the dead cap space tom brady was still eating up on their roster and stafford doesn't have much more left in the tank so if they want to rebuild quicker it's time to start to cut bait with some of these players eat the cap hit now to save themselves later
3: it also could be the sense of because he's a quarterback, <laughs> to the quarterback desperation of teams that lose out on a potential Lamar Jackson or any other fallbacks that come from that, too. And Keith says Washington doesn't make sense. I, I could see that kind of thing, too, because they've been starving for for so long. Now, granted, they've tried other veteran quarterbacks in the past, too, and it hasn't worked. But still, it's something I that mean, are we really considering
1: Carson Wentz a veteran quarterback and giving it an honest chance?
3: I mean, are we are we doing that? I'm not I'm not qualifying Carson Wentz as the as the uh homegrown but also they've tried trades too like Carson Wentz like we tr- like we were saying with Alex Smith before too. They've tried it in those instances because the Commanders have been so bad at drafting quarterbacks in the 21st century. So it makes a lot of sense. And the same kind of thing we said with the Falcons and the Panthers and these teams that are trying for Lamar Jackson. Not everybody's going to get him. So that leaves another opening where there's a sense of urgency potentially. And that might help his value a little. But I don't know. On the base, it might not be more than a fourth-round pick. I mean, but all of the
1: guys they've tried to do it with are all the inferior guys. Right? Like Carson Wentz. We know he's a bum. But they gave it a shot. Heineke stinks. I think Fitzpatrick was in there for a year or two or whatever. He was there Uh, for last
3: year, then he got hurt. Right.
1: Like every guy that they've gotten has been a bum. Stafford would be a bona fide solid replacement given health, right? And obviously that's a question. But, you know, you put a halfway decent offensive line in front of him, which Washington has.
3: You could be cooking with something there. That's one of their weaknesses. They still have to rebuild that, but they have pretty much everything else on the offensive side. Defensively, they need some help in the secondary and linebackers, but they have a good. Yeah, team. but they're but they're not very far away. I don't know. I'm not saying that. I think they have just as much talent. A, uh, I think they have just as much talent, if not more, than the Giants do. And the Giants they have more right, talent than the Giants. And the Giants they have playoffs, a yeah.
1: They have a very good running back in Brian Robinson, even though he's uh, an <laughs> Alabama alum. That that's whatever, right? But Terry McLaurin's a very good receiver. I think, is it Curtis Samuel that's on the other side? He might and be a also... casualty,
3: but if he's still there, yeah. <clears throat> right, but it doesn't, wouldn't even matter,
1: I think. Uh, who's they have the kid, the kid from, from Penn Carolina State. Jackson, yeah. no, the,
3: no, the kid from North Carolina, is it Diami oh, Brown? Oh, Diami Brown, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's there as well, who, who, who's getting
1: better and better. You know, so, like, they have receivers there that are pretty good. They're kind of ready to take that next step. They're just kind of a quarterback away.
2: Again, I... If I was the Rams and and seeing that Sean McVay decided uh, to come back, there were stories coming out that he was going to walk away and that he was going to take a year off, realizing that this team doesn't have much of a future because of him, because they needed to win that Super Bowl, because ownership wanted it so bad because it was in L.A., I believe McVeigh was going to walk away, take that Amazon uh, contract as a broadcaster for a year or two, and then maybe take a job and, and ruin another team. But nevertheless, I, I think Matthew Stafford... a
1: team, he won a Super Bowl.
2: Well, good for him. So, oh, wait a second. Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl. Everybody's just throwing him away. Goodbye, Matt. I'm not. Thank you. I'm not. Thank you. I'm not. Go Bulldogs. I, I, I'm just saying... This is a guy that deserves an opportunity to see what he has left in the tank. If this team is going to come back, Aaron Donald's coming back. Now, Bobby Wagner, they parted ways with Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner did not fit with the Rams last year. He had a good season, but he wasn't what he was with Seattle. Now you're hearing he might go back to Seattle. So uh, there's a story coming out of Seattle that they're going to try to make a move to bring him back. I still sit here today, and I don't care what anybody says. I believe Matthew Stafford still has gas in the tank. I don't know how bad the back is. And maybe uh, as we see this offseason and what the Rams do in this draft, we'll know if they're moving on from Matthew Stafford or they're going to build around Matthew Stafford this year to make another run. I just, I don't know. The NFC stinks. So to say that the Rams don't have a chance to to make it to the Super Bowl next year, the only team they have to really worry about, uh, the two teams that you have to worry about year in and year out for the next couple of years, is Philadelphia because they're loaded when it comes to uh, youth and draft stock. And, and number two, San Francisco, because even though you don't know who their quarterback's going to be next year, it won't be Brock Purdy because he might be out for the whole season next year. And is it going to be Trey Lance? I, I don't know. So that's the only thing I mean- that...
1: What what a ridiculous list! Do you really mean to tell me mm-hmm. that you don't think the Dallas Cowboys? No,
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't. They're, they're already practicing the best way.
4: And I don't think,
2: I know everybody's going to say everybody's going to blame. Oh, shout, yeah. Let's give a shout
1: out to Nithin, by the way. EJ Perry, the newest member of the Houston Texans. <laughs>
3: Uh, screw, screw the second overall pick. We're running with EJ Perry. <laughs>
2: you know, Nithin's taking pictures with you know a Saquon Barkley on a golf course and posting. I mean, about how social, great is it
3: that
1: social social people media. pump that dude up and he is already on his fourth NFL team? Uh, and by
2: people, we mean Nithin. He just knew his cousin, and that's why he blew him up. That's all.
1: Yeah, the great Brown University, and I love Brown. I lived in Providence. I, I went to a bunch of games there. It's a fun place to go see a football game, dude. Brown. Stop mentioning Ivy League quarterbacks like they're a thing. Ryan Fitzpatrick was like, you know, their great white whale, and that happened once. <laughs> and now, and, and now, never again in our lifetimes will we ever see an Ivy League quarterback play.
2: <laughs> the great white whale. <laughs> the I mean, the great white is, whale right? from Yale. There you go. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, the, it's the, well, he didn't go to Yale.
2: He went to Harvard. Harvard, whatever. Same thing to me. It's yeah. not. It's the same thing. They're both no, it's top not. collegiate no, it's schools. Not. No, they're from. They're from Harvard, the same area, Harvard. right? Are they? They're from the same area? No, they're not. They're, they're not in Connecticut.
3: No, Harvard's Massachusetts. No, no they're not. Harvard's okay. in Boston.
2: But, well, Connecticut, Boston. I mean, same area, right? No, it's not.
1: Harvard's in Boston, and Yale is close to that trash town, New York City.
2: Um. They're both in, in, right in the same vicinity. I mean, well, how far are they from each other? Uh, two hours? Uh, less than two hours,
1: man. No, it's like two hours. There's no
2: yeah. way they're two hours apart because it's, it's when, hour, I driving, an, when I was driving, when I was hold on, it's an hour
1: from Providence to Boston. Trust mm-hmm. me, I live there, mm-hmm. and it's like an hour and fifteen minutes to get to New Haven.
2: Okay, so they're an hour and a half apart from one another. That's how so, far.
1: Oh, so no, that's would be two hours. Oh god, an hour from. Providence I'm not going to argue Boston with to you
2: on how, how the distance between Yale and Harvard. I don't care, honestly. <laughs> They're, they're both collegiate top schools, uh, so, same as Princeton. Great schools, the the best, and, and Cornell is another one that everybody talks about. Top collegiate Cornell schools. Cornell oh, It's a good school. It's a good, a good collegiate school. Great. Yeah. Awesome. A lot of lawyers So's... go there.
0: Oh, wow. A lot of lawyers go
2: there. What is wrong with you? Why does everything have to be an argument with you? I mean, really, seriously, we're 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 in conversation about something. I say something, and you want to. attack no it
1: stinks. It's in New York. Good.
2: It's a school. Good. Everything in New York stinks. But how about Boston? How many? How much? How much in Boston agree. stinks? How much in Nothing. Boston? We got yeah, Harvard, the best get school. out of here. We got get Harvard, the best get school. school. Yeah, yeah, the best. We school. got
1: Boston, we got the Bruins, the best
2: hockey team. Yeah, the best hockey. We team. We got the
1: Patriots, the NFL team with the most uh, Lombardi trophies.
2: Congratulations. And, and th- they don't. Pittsburgh does. They're tied. Yeah, uh, they're tied. Good for you. Yeah, but they don't. They're not. So, they're not singularly so, so, they, so they. So they're tied.
1: For, no, they're tied All for right. the most.
2: All right. So there you go. They're not number one. So there you go. So stop they saying they're number one. They're, they're not. One. Pittsburgh, number is, one. Pittsburgh is number one. Pittsburgh is ranked. I don't care where the Jets are ranked. What does this have anything to do with the Jets? I'm not even bringing oh, up the Jets. Because they're, they're in that trash city. Uh, they're, they're in a trash city. Okay. And Boston's a trash city, too. And I don't, I can't no, stand No, we have a lot of the yeah, best yeah, things. The, good, brides, are they the best? good. And they have Barbara, a bunch the of terrible, uh, you know,
1: have the most of
2: anti-Semitic city. racist people over there. Okay. So I, I don't want to oh, get into sure. it. Yes. Now, well,
1: at least we're we're not throwing things at players like you mouth breathe in New Yorkers. Yeah,
2: you're doing other things like pissing all over everybody, everybody, all everybody over there. Well, in the who's city. ever pissed on someone? Do you want me to? I I don't want to get into it, but there are. N- yeah, now we know what you're into. There, are, shut up, Jeff. Shut up. Anyways, Kevin Durant suffers a grade two ankle sprain uh, in warmups. Could miss the rest of the regular season. Uh, I don't think this is a bad thing. I mean, they, they made the move for Kevin Durant for the playoffs. Kevin Durant is a great playoff player. If anybody could miss the rest of the season and go into the playoffs with uh, a team that good when it comes to Phoenix, it's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant really wants to buy a championship. And that's what he did when he decided and pushed his way out of Brooklyn to go to Phoenix. I still feel feel that Phoenix is the favorite to come out of the Western Conference. It's crazy. When you watch the video, when he slipped, it didn't look that bad. When he got up and he walked to the sidelines and then everybody said he wasn't playing in his first home game, which everybody was, you know, praising him and all that other stuff. They were putting up, they were getting ready to put up a video of him, welcoming him into uh, Phoenix. I I was just shocked when I heard he was out for the rest of the season. Uh, He had an MRI today. So um, um, they say it's a sprain, but a high ankle sprain. So, uh, tough luck for Kevin Durant. It it is tough luck.
3: Yeah, and t- if you're Phoenix, you got to hold him out as long as. You yeah, can. absolutely. Yeah, you have to be- play this cautiously. If you're a four seed, you can live with it being doesn't a four matter. seed. It
2: doesn't matter. We've
3: seen plenty of three seeds, plenty of four seeds in the Western Conference since the Warriors, I guess, "quote unquote" dynasty mm-hmm. in twenty 20- when Durant was there. Mm-hmm. Since then, we've seen the Lakers make it as a like a. Uh, Bubble three seed or whatever it was. No. Golden State last year was a three seed and the Phoenix was a two seed, but they were a surprise team. They were a new team coming into the playoffs and they were kind of thought of as underdogs. Everyone was picking the Lakers against them. And then Milwaukee last year, when they won the championship, was a three seed as well. It doesn't really matter as much being the one seed as it used to. Look at a team like Philadelphia. They've been the one seed a lot and they've in the playoffs. It doesn't really make a difference. So protect Kevin Durant as long as you can. Yes, Keith, the seed doesn't matter at all in the West. Yeah, and that's what we're getting at. Kevin Durant has I, to be healthy for the playoffs because Chris Paul, he's still a great player, but he hasn't been the same overall scorer. and Deandre and he's had some dotted duds in the playoffs recently. So can you really trust him? Durant and Booker are the two guys you really need to have it from a scoring perspective. Hmm.
1: But I think this is a bad injury for them. Like th- these guys aren't going to have any time to play together to to get to know each other's games on the court and before like the playoffs. That could be really bad for them.
2: It could and it didn't really bother the Brooklyn Nets uh, when when he missed uh, pretty much the whole season. It wasn't the reason why they lost the Brooklyn Nets. It was Kyrie Irving's play in the first round, um, if you remember. Well, he
1: got body bags by the defensive play for the
2: year. Yeah, but, but nevertheless, it was Kyrie Irving's play. It wasn't Kevin Durant. Right. Kevin Durant was playing great basketball, so I, I'm not worried uh, about Kevin Durant missing the rest of the season because they have they have Devin Booker, they have you know Chris Paul, they have um, you know Aiton, they have good players, and and they'll they'll probably get in as a four seed or a three seed. It doesn't matter. The Western Conference is so wide open, and I the only team they really have to worry about in my eyes in the Western Conference is the Nuggets. That's it. I, I don't think there's any other team that I believe. The Grizzlies, you don't know what's going to happen with John Morant. And when John Morant comes back, is his head going to be in the game of basketball right now with everything that's gone on and off the court? So right. I, I doubt it. So I, I still think losing to is a tough
1: blow. Anytime that you lose a second team all-NBA pop forward, it's, not, it's maybe, not good for your team.
2: I'm not saying that it is, but if Kevin Durant comes back 100% healthy for the playoffs, I don't think it's going to make a difference. I really don't. Um, Carlos Rodon suffers a left forearm injury in his first spring training, uh, spring training start. Uh, we'll likely miss the first month of the season, which they're saying he could be back the last week of April. If the Yankees are smart, they push it off to the beginning of May. I, I don't think this is a big deal. Okay. I now, It it does hurt you because you're losing a guy that you, you know, he was your big acquisition in the offseason, a guy that you expect to be a big pitcher for your team, a left-handed power pitcher, one of the best left-handed pitchers in baseball, and then losing him for a month, and then he has to get it. He's going to have to have his spring training, uh, so it'll be two weeks. So that's why I think he'll be back in May. I, I think the Yankees have to be very careful with this. Because this is a guy that, obviously, at his UCL, he had Tommy Johns. You want to be very careful with his elbow and his shoulder. It is his throwing arm. So uh, the Yankees got to take this slow. I, I think you'll be fine. I know a lot of Yankee fans are all over social media. They're worried about this. Everything that I've read, it's not it's not a big deal. It wasn't, it wasn't such a, a bad stream. But being that the Yankees spent a lot of money this offseason, and they didn't I mean, for a pitcher that that good, they didn't have to give up a lot. I mean, $27 million, it was a bargain. Right. But they got to protect him, being that he is their prize acquisition. What were you going to say, Jeff? Can, can I yeah, – I, I, yeah.
1: I know that you think that I bash the Yankees and, you and just take shots. I want to ask an honest question. Honestly,
2: go ahead. To me,
1: mm-hmm. it seems like a concern. Okay. What is it with the Yankees medical staff and not being able to help people with their <laughs> arms? The Severino thing was dragged out. The uh, the kid from Oakland, um, blanking on his name, Frank, Mon-
2: uh, yeah, Montas, yeah.
1: Frankie Montas, and they couldn't diagnose that arm injury. And now Rodon, like, this doesn't feel like a coincidence that the Yankees medical staff doesn't know how to treat their pitchers with arm injuries.
2: I I don't know. It happened in the game. And obviously he felt a pull that 's what I read. He felt a pull he did the, the Yankees took him off the mound as soon as he felt that he, he said when when they took him off the mound and he they they interviewed Carlos Rodon, he said it wasn't in his eyes a concern of his he's had this situation happen before um obviously when he played in Chicago now, the question is. Uh, where did the Yankees see this injury to be? Where did they grade it? They didn't come out with a grade, but Aaron Boone said today that it's not a concern. They're trying to protect him. They have a full season to worry about this, and they want to make sure that he is ready when they need him as the season progressively moves forward and it gets a little bit warmer outside. So...
1: I doesn't that feel like the company line? Don't you feel like you're being fed the company line because these are the exact I, words they gave you both times? Severino had had his arm. His I arm.
2: knew there was something wrong with Frankie Montaz when he came here. Okay, I right, knew. But, but I'm
1: mentioning the Severino thing. Like they're just parroting the same thing they said with Severino, and that wasn't right for out of three years. How yeah. long was that going on?
2: Two years. It was two years. He came back in the middle of the third year and uh so three years yeah. yeah
1: right like so it's been it was like a 3 year process well he it first hurt his like shoulder at shoulder yeah. and they just yeah. They just keep shoveling you the same old bullshit is what it
3: feels like.
2: Well, this is a big year for a guy like Savarino. So now Savarino moves into the the number, possibly the number two spot, and Cortez moves to the three spot. I don't know where they, they, they put him, but this is a year that Savarino's going to expect a contract in the offseason. Uh, if he wants to be a Yankee, he's going to have to show Wait, up. If, so If if
1: if if, if uh, Nestor's your number
2: two, who's your number one? You know who the number one is. Garrett Cole the is the number, number one. He's gonna be in. A, what, did they legalize spider attack again? Shut oh, up. God. Did you not listen I would to have Michael him, I would McHenry? Have my, I would have did like you did you not listen to the Michael McHenry? Did you not hear the interview? Uh, I missed it. Well, I, I think you need to re-listen to it. Michael was, McHenry was, made a joke. He, for, he for made a joke. Ju- no, because he made he made a joke about Spider Tap because it's, uh, resin has been around for years and it's been sticky for years. And he said, for anybody, anybody to think that Garrett Cole, the reason why Garrett Cole was great or is great because of Spider Tap, is out of their damn minds. He pretty much, sweetie, did he not say that? Mm-hmm. He said, you're out of your mind. This guy is as good a pitcher as anybody in baseball. And it's not even an argument or question. He said that, and he actually catched behind. He knows who he is and the type of pitcher that he is. So to sit but here and say, the uh, there was a lot of pictures that used all different things. He says for years they used resin and the sticky stuff and they use their crotch. They put things in their pants and, and, and use their, use their crap in their ass when they were reaching. And he says, they've put so much stuff on the ball to think that it was just spider tap and, and Garrett Cole, the only person that was doing it is, is selfish and ridiculous. Okay. No, so no, no 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 one, no one
1: no one's saying that he was the only one. I would never make such an accusation. It wasn't You're that correct. medium grade. You're correct people put on that. What's a, what's the um what's the uh the sunblock the uh, the bullfrog the bullfrog with the um that's with the rosin spray. bag that's
3: bug spray. Yeah.
1: Oh, is it bug spray? I thought yeah. it was like uh, oh, Right, but the bullfrog spray, and then you put the uh, the the rosin out with the rosin bag, and it creates a similar substance, right? I would never accuse him of being the only one. But he is the only one that got significantly worse when they took it away.
2: Um, and then he got better because, as we saw the season progressively move forward, he was playing better. So again, I'm well, not going. I'm, I'm not going to sit. I'm not going I'm not sitting here and arguing with you. And he didn't. He, he he gave up the most home runs in the base in baseball this year. He Also, struck out more than anybody by a large margin this so year. So he's the pitching version of Joey Gallo.
1: It's either a strikeout or a home run.
2: Joey Gallo, how many home runs did he hit this year, bud?
1: How uh, many? much more once he left New York. How yeah. many
2: home runs did he hit this year? I don't know, this past Fifteen, sixteen. 16. Okay, and he struck out a lot more than he hit of home runs. So right, that's but the only time he ever got a hit was when he, got
1: a, when he hit a home run, Come and on. then it was either a home run or a strikeout. Jeffrey. So he's like, so Garrett Cole's the pitching version of, of Joey Gallo, where he either strikes out or hits no,
2: home. No, and stop comparing Joey Gallo to Gar- <laughs> a guy like Garrett Cole, one of the best pitchers in I think he's very right?
1: comparable. No, he's I've
2: not. He's not. a top five pitcher in baseball to a guy that you wouldn't even put in top 100 of your roster. I
1: I, I think it, I think it's very comparable because they both. Of course they, they you play do. Time.
3: Of course you do because 19, he's a Yankee. Nineteen home runs last year and 157 strikeouts. Right, which is probably like. Games.
1: Right, which is probably his lowest career output too. Isn't he like a? Isn't he like a regularly thirty home run guy?
3: Um, he was 41. 40. He had 22 in 2019, so that was pretty low. Uh, he played, oh no, he only played in 17 games, 70 games though. So yeah, that was his lowest in the, like 120 plus game season because he played 126 total games that year.
1: <laughs> right, but he's generally like a 30 30 home run guy.
3: Right, forty-one, forty in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. Before that, he didn't play any full seasons. And then twenty nineteen was the first year since then he didn't play a full season because he was hurt. He and and years.
2: the Yankee and the Yankee fans did not wreck Joey Gallo. Uh, snug, stop. He was wrecked they, in they Texas. They wrecked a
3: lot of
1: players. He they was did, wrecked in Texas.
2: Wreck. He was wrecked in Texas, man. Boy, he was hitting home runs in Texas. That's great. He was hitting home runs. He was batting two hundred. Good for him. Congratulations yeah, same to as Joey Gallo. Yankee. What does he did with the Yankees? He he sucked for the Yankees too. He sucked everywhere he what? goes. And the he fact that he was like the only reason why he was an All-Star cuz he was a gold glove outfielder. That's why. He was a, he's a great well, outfielder. People also
1: made him an All-Star
3: cuz they love 500 foot bombs and that's what he can hit oh yeah popularity contest we're not saying he's actually led that all-star caliber player but that being said oh, yeah. his defense did get a lot better though since since the last like 100 like he was a god-awful defender at third and then with the rangers too the first four years of career he was god-awful in left field so It's only when he moved in the right field in twenty twenty nineteen 2019 that he was, figured
2: things out figured you know out, and then you
3: do go in the short season you know what's even crazier too when did he
1: have 19 home runs last year or something like yes, that 19 Imagine how many less home runs he would have hit if the Yankees weren't getting Goldilocks balls.
2: He would have hit like five
4: home runs. Oh my well, he was god, also with Goldie tra- Goldilocks tra- balls too, again.
3: Jesus. So he didn't really get to deal with them as much because <laughs> Aaron Judge so chase <laughs> the Goldilocks balls when they were allegedly Goldilocks balls? They were only found, started to be used late in June. It wasn't the whole season. So Joey Gallo barely got any They the only used happened.
2: the balls because he was breaking the home run record. He was there. They, they started using at the End of the like, really? When he had like what, five, almost fifty home runs, they started using different balls. When he was about to break, he had ten or twelve. Oh, so you're more acknowledging
1: homers. that they did cheaper. But it wasn't all season, wasn't a
2: Yankee. It wasn't <laughs> the whole season, and Aaron Judge had fifty home runs before they changed the oh, balls. But it
1: wasn't the whole season. I only took uh, four cycles of steroids, but it wasn't the whole season.
2: Jeff, I don't remember what the total, but it was over fifty home runs when they they started using different balls. I think it was between fifty and fifty five. When they were started, they they started using these balls because they were going to use it for the Hall of Fame, and you knew it was a special ball. Uh, you know, when if they caught it, they can you know sell it to the Yankees or sell it to baseball. So, I, I they were not using Goldie Goldilocks balls a whole season. They
3: were using for quite a while.
2: No, they weren't.
3: It was only it was only half the season. It only started when Aaron. Judge It wasn't had the even pace. half
2: the season. It,
3: it was only when Aaron Judge started to have the pace that was it wasn't set.
2: half the season. They and brought it first of all. They were not changing the balls, and you know. No, in, in, in June it happened at the end of the season the last month of baseball when he had 50 50 or 51 home runs when they started changing the balls and baseball was doing it go look it up I know that for a fact Jeff, it wasn't in June it wasn't in July it was like in at the end of August September they were doing it
3: and Jeff the Dodgers had Joey Gallo when they started using it it wasn't the Yankees so he didn't even get it's that it's ridiculous
2: benefits. they were not using those balls all season long because nobody thought he was going to break it it's ridiculous It really is. Okay? You want to say that he used it for his last five or six home runs and he was in a slump and that's why baseball probably did it? Fine. That might be true. Well, you're
1: downplaying because they used it longer.
2: No, they didn't. No, they didn't. No, they they didn't. Go look it up. They did not. I looked that up. I know for a fact they did not use it in June. They did not use it in July. They used it at the end of August. He had over 50 home runs. I think it was between 50 and 55 home runs when they started changing the balls. That's when baseball was trying to do it. They had these special balls. that Every time Aaron Judge was coming up, the catcher had like four different balls he was handed to. I know that for a fact. And for anybody to say that he was hitting Goldilocks balls in June, including Speedy, is an idiot. Okay? I, that's all I'm going to say. That's stupid. It's ridiculous. And, Snug, you can say whatever you want. Go look it up. I know that for a fact because I remember when Jeff brought it up and I was looking it up when baseball started doing it. <laughs> baseball did it after 50 home runs, and that's a fact. Go look it up. I'll bet you money, Snug. You want to put some money on the line on that? I'll put money on that because I know that for a fact. It was not in June. Definitely not in June. Baseball starts in when? When does it start? April. May, June. So, in June, he had what? 25 home runs. All of a sudden, they changed it to goalie lock balls. Ridiculous. They had no, they had no recollection or thought that he was going to hit 60 semi-home runs this year. That's ridiculous. Okay? And I, I'm sorry. Not, not true. That is completely not. When's the All-Star game?
3: July 15th. July
2: 15th. So? They were not doing that in July before the
3: All-Star game. So, that's a lie. It's all a lot. And Joey Gallo got traded by the Yankees to the Dodgers probably a week later from the All-Star game. So Jeff, uh, the, had, the, the Goldilocks balls come out. Whenever they ended up starting, such a, it, was, uh, it's such it a was a Dodger. Knock. So unless the Yankees played against the Dodgers, it's but I don't, terrible. don't think they did. They wouldn't have had that kind of And I'm not, this.
2: listen, I am not sit here, sitting here and saying, oh, Aaron Judge should be a Yankee for life. Because I was one of the guys that said the Yankees should have let him go. Okay, I would have never given him three hundred and fifty million dollars, being that he's thirty-one years old, going to be thirty-two, and he's two hundred and eighty pounds, six foot seven, six foot eight, and athletically gifted, but is probably going to break down in the next three or four years, and then you have to pay him for the next five or six years for for being a DH, something they're doing right now for who? John Carlos Stanton. It doesn't make sense. But again. I'm not taking shots at it because the Yankees have one of the best players in baseball. I just think it was too much. They better win a championship with it or it was a waste of money. Uh, Speaking of Aaron Judge, reportedly turned down an offer for $50 million more to go to the Padres in order to return to the Yankees this offseason. This is an interesting story, and it just shows you the Padres, for some reason, over the last two and a half seasons— are, are are spending ridiculous money. This is where I want to come in, and I have questions to ask the Padres owner. Where is he? I understand he's a billionaire. Where is he getting the money to relinquish the money that he's putting into these players? He's not getting with the, the fans. They haven't sold out. When was the last time they sold out a game? They had problems filling the stadium all season long. I think they're ranked 27th to 28th when it comes they're
3: to... 20th this year in attendance. And attendance. they're 27th in the last five years. I mean,
2: it's horrible. It's horrible. How are they going to pay these players? They just play Bogarts. Bogarts. Um, what? Two hundred and fifty million. <clears throat> it was
3: eleven years, two eighty, and two hundred and eighty million dollars. <laughs> That's a long contract really? for an older guy. That's
2: a lot of money that you're throwing to players. You gave Manny Machado eleven years, three hundred and fifty million. You're probably going to pay Soto if you don't let him go to free agency. You're probably going to pay him. That's three. I know what you're going to say, Jeff. Uh, you, you have a guy who you're you paid three hundred some million dollars. Uh, shortstop who got caught with uh, steroids. Tatis. Tatis. And, and and it's an affordable contract. Great. You have legitimately, if you pay Soto, you're going to have four or five players making close to three hundred million dollars or more. And I'm sorry if you're not selling out games like the Yankees, like the Red Sox, like the big, you know, the big teams all over the country. The, the, not even the Dodgers sell it. But here's the thing. The Dodgers have more than one owner running that organization. Billionaires running that organization. So money is no object to them. The Padres have done nothing. They've won nothing. How the hell? Are you affording to go out there and spend the money that you have on these players? I'm sorry, that doesn't, there's no answer that can really explain any of this to me. And they're going to have problems. If they give Soto $500 million, which he is going to request, he deserves, he's going to get it. What are they going to do when, when it comes down to this team isn't good enough? Just not. And they're just not they, – you can have all the best players. You know this, Jeff. You can have sensational players on a squad, and you still can't win. You still can't win. So what happens when that happens, Jeff? Could you answer that question? Uh, what, what, You rambled on there. What's the
1: exact question now?
2: The Padres gave up their future for Soto, did they not?
1: Not really. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they
2: did. Yeah, they did. No, no, they really didn't. Oh, they, still
1: have, uh, they still have good pitching, which they just stop. locked up uh, Joe Musgrove. They still, you know, they still have some other good players, right? Um, I'm gonna get his name wrong. It's the Korean guy. Hosan Ho, 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 Kim. Hosan Kim. Osong, yes. yeah. Kim. He's still a very game. good player. Yeah, right. He's still a good player. They still have some other like Journeyman guys on that team, like Will Myers, who's still a pretty good player. You know, uh they have they have some good play. You know, it's not like Bogarts is super old. He'll be old at the end of the contract, but Bogarts is what, 31? <sighs> so he's good for another uh six, seven, eight years. They're good for a while, and they're going to end up trading Tatis. They're going to try to play him and then try to unload him because they're going to re-sign Soto to unload one of those contracts, and they're not really paying any of their pitchers any kind of money. The guys guys with the big pitching contracts are like Derek Cole, Chris Sale, uh, Rodon, um, DeGrom. The the Padres don't have any high-priced pitchers. They can afford this, and it's just another thing to highlight. Uh, these greedy piece of shit owners always crying poverty. They have money to pay people. They do. They have money to pay people. And that's why everyone is upset at the Padres because they're supposed to be a small market team and they're outspending a lot of people.
2: They, they have the money to do it. I This story for Aaron Judge, I think this is this – is, uh, if you're a Yankee fan, you should be happy that he decided not to go to the Padres – uh, that he decided to take fifty million dollars left and less, and i I respect Aaron Judge for doing that, but as a as a you know as a player and as a, a person that 's trying to build his wealth, that was a stupid move by Aaron judge fifty million dollars that he just lost staying with the Yankees, I understand. The Yankees, you know, being that you're the captain of the team and you were told you were going to be the captain and that you're the face of the Yankees and you're one of the faces of baseball, it's great when you decide to be in pinstripes for the rest of your career. Here's the problem here. You're, you're a player that is expected to bring home a championship now. And if you don't, and even though you're, you're, you're making the money that you're making, you don't bring home a championship, you're going to be looked at and compared to, whoa. Who, the captain? El Capta, a capin, Captain, Captain uh, Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter at least brought home how many championships as the captain of the team? If he doesn't bring home one, and he got three hundred fifty million dollars, even if he took fifty million dollars less, he's going to be looked as a failure. And and to but me,
1: really, ta- but he didn't really take fifty million dollars less. Less, he took like. $10 million. No, $50 no, we million. Total
3: that... guaranteed money. He took $55 million left yeah. because baseball all contracts right, are asshole. guaranteed. Okay, 12, asshole. All right, I
1: get it. 12 $50 million total years money.
3: Beyond. Right, this is where you're
1: yeah. actually retarded. The two of you. <laughs> actual. Here vacancy. he
2: goes. Here he goes. The right? Muppet is back.
1: No, 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 no. No, no. Yeah, you guys are fucking Muppets because this is the actual math, right? He's
2: in Banana Land now. Banana Land.
1: $50 million total money. No there it's Okay, now do it with the California tax rate, dummy. So in actual dollars he receives, it'll only be like 10 million. Um so
2: hold on one second. So you're telling me if somebody makes 55 million dollars, after taxes they're making 10 What are you on drugs? Go look Dude, that no, up. No
1: no no no, no, no 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 because the tax rate is, first of all, it's 50 it's 55 million over a number of years and he's in su- he's in such a high tax bracket and the and the tax percentages in california are so high you think new york is ridiculous the taxes in california are outrageous i understand Toronto, that jeff that state? so he's not it's not really 50 million dollars like it's 50 million to you because you just talk a number out of the air but when you do the math of the aggravation of selling his property in new york moving out there buying property in san diego which by the way isn't cheap right like
2: and then and then the tax rate he wasn't really giving up 50 million okay, so he wasn't giving up 50 mil okay he was giving up 20 million okay he's still right. all right still making right. 30 so, million dollars so, so 30 million 30 answer.
1: million Jeff right so so to, so so to play with the Yankees over over the Padres who don't have a great track record it's probably it's probably worth not having that aggravation.
2: I don't know, because you're pressured now to win a championship. And if you don't in the next nine years, you're going to be looked as a failure. You're going to be compared. Yeah,
1: no, he, no, he's definitely going to be a failure. He's definitely going to be a
2: failure.
1: 100%. He needed Goldilocks balls to break.
2: Oh, 100%. stop this. Stop this. Oh, would, you, stop
1: would, you like this. To, would you like me to, because uh, you were like, I dare you, look it up. Would you like me to send you the chart that says the Yankees were using them since June?
2: Yeah, go ahead. Go okay. ahead. Go ahead, do it. Send me the chart. I'm going. Well, give me a second, dude. <laughs> you, you keep going. Go ahead, do it. Well, go because it. we only have a few minutes left to the show, we're actually over time. So send me the chart because I don't believe it.
3: Uh, Snuck so says the sales, rate, uh, the sales tax rate in San Diego it's 11%. is eleven percent. of 11%. The other thing we don't know is what it will be down the road for the entire length so of So, Speedy, go look
2: terrible. that up, $55 million, and, and, and do the sales tax. And how much did he give up?
3: All right, so it'd be fifty million dollars, fifty-five million dollars, allegedly over three years. Yes, so
2: for 11 percent.
3: Fifty-five that. times 0.11. So it's six on its own. So it's a combined 18.15 18. Uh, yeah, so, million. So it's twenty million. It's twenty. Right, million. so
1: it's right, so it's twenty million. He wouldn't get just because of the taxes, dude. So you're losing, and, and and no, but no, no, no. It's it's twenty million more. But now also take into account the extra that he's still losing, even if it was equal money. He would almost be making the same either way.
3: No, it'd, be a, it'd still be a net loss, technically, of 37 point whatever uh, with the decimal, whatever that is. But it's still going to be, in terms of three years, that span of the guaranteed right, money. Now, on, obviously, the average hold annual on. value is still more right, the Yankees. Right but... right, but hold on, Speedy. Hold on. If if
1: he makes, just say, a million, which, rather than 50s or hundred whatever. He makes a million dollars in San Diego versus a million dollars in New York. How much does he lose off that million?
3: So what's the tax rate with New York? Because I, I don't know that offhand. So it's 11, 11 times a, a million is, let's see, 11 with a, 1 million. Right, because, but the, it doesn't matter what it is. 110,000. So it would be right. 110,000, allegedly. Right. Right. So, right, but this is what I'm saying, though, is even if it was
1: equal dollars, he got offered 50 in San Diego, he got offered 50 in New York, mm-hmm. right, if it was equal he would still be working at such a deficit in California that he like, so the equal dollars, he'd still need some of that 50 million just to come up to equal that money. And then everything over that would be taxed. It's not as, it's not as big of a gap as you think it is.
3: All right. So the New York one is 4.5%. So he'd be losing, he'd be losing only 45,000 in comparison to 110,000 per each million.
1: Right. Right. So, so for every hundred thousand he gets to, he gets to keep, uh, 60 rather than 40
2: and Keith and Keith says he will make more money being a Yankee with commercials and etc. cetera. That's not true. You in you're in San Diego, San Diego. Uh, have you lived in San Diego? You don't, do you know the TV deals, the commercial dealers place. and stuff like that? It's a beautiful place. And I think he'll make just as much money over there in San Diego. You have to win here to be in commercials. I think, you have I to win the, here. How many commercials think, have you seen Aaron Judge in except the sorry. one that I saw over the last, you know,
3: year? Not only I, like I that think San it, Diego's only team, pro team. He's right going to have to win. So they're going to have to... Right, they're, but... They're going to market that uh, more because New York has, like, nine other teams. Mm-hmm. I think that the idea of him making more
1: money uh, through endorsements and things like that being in New York is way off. I think that is a very, like... 1980s kind of thing, because the way social media is and and television deals, whatever, everything's national now. Yeah. That used to be the case nope. in the 80s when when markets. I would agree. You know, you couldn't reach several markets like so. You know, you'd get more deals. He's going to get the same deals because they're just national deals now. Mm-hmm. There's like. There's no extra money being in New York for advertising, like advertising. I mean, if that was the case, why is Mike Trout the, the face of baseball? Right. Mm-hmm. He's, he's on at 10 o'clock every night. No one stays up that late to see him, but yet he's still the face. So the idea that you're going to make more uh, in New York in, in endorsements, that's such an outdated
2: I would agree with you. Uh, That's something I would agree with you. It doesn't matter anymore where you're going to play. You're going to get the endorsements. If you're a superstar player and you're winning, you're going to get your contracts. I was in Toronto and uh, that's a place. It's very big with hockey. So, I, every other commercial was Connor McDavid, and it was um, um, Matthews. No, it was uh, what's his name again? Who did, Horv- No, it was Horvat. Bo Horvat and Connor McDavid were all over the commercials. All over the commercials. When I was, I was like, why is Bo Horvat? He was on. He was on a beer commercial. Bo Horvat and McDavid were on a commercial. They were on some like. Um, you know, some some other stupid thing that they were doing—some locks commercial, like key locks and stuff. Both of them—they were—they like they were puck handling locks and stuff like that. I, I mean, they were on every other commercial. So when you're a star over there, if you're a hockey player or something like that, and you're you're the, that guy, you're you're going to be on every other commercial. McDavid's making a ton of money in Canada, a ton off of commercials like- and endorsements.
1: Like, uh, this is not to discredit Aaron Judge, because I don't want to do that. That's not what this is about. But if you were to say who are the five biggest faces of baseball, like, in order, who would they be? What, in baseball? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, five to one. If you could rank them five to one, who do you think are, like, the five people in baseball?
2: The the, the top faces? I would say Aaron Judge, number one. Um, you think he's the top face uh, right I now? Wouldn't, I wouldn't, right I wouldn't, now, I
1: wouldn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even have him there.
2: I, I, Aaron, I Ju- uh, Aaron Judge wouldn't even be clear. I, I have Aaron Judge as my number one, and not just because I'm a Yankee fan. Because he's six foot eight. Because he's a power hitter. Because of I, I mean, who he is. I <laughs> mean, but
1: there's a, there's another obvious answer. That Ohtani. You're so Shohei Otani. Yeah, Ohtani. yeah, show yeah. It, No, right. Aaron Judge doesn't have worldwide appeal. Shohei Otani does. So Aaron Judge, it's impossible for him for, to be number one. Impossible. Otani is global. Judge is
2: New York. How about this? Go look who sold the most jerseys last year in baseball. Right
1: because, right because Yankees people eat up merchandise and that's fine. But he's not Yankees
2: people worldwide.
1: World. Why? I mean, come on, dude. It's true. I mean, when when it, it is true. true, they are a worldwide brand. But Aaron Judge isn't. Ohtani
2: you're playing for the later. biggest sports team in the world, and you're playing, and you're and you're you're six foot eight, and you're a powerhouse hitter. You're going to be the biggest your biggest star. I'm sorry, he was. Uh, I mean, he's
1: not. Otani is like the yeah, Otani's there
2: too. Star. You can argue Otani is there too. Trout, like Otani, Trout
1: like those guys. Trout's right? not I, even I up
2: there at, in the top at, four. Bryce Harper's third. Bryce like, Harper <laughs> is yeah. definitely. Yeah, Bri- yeah,
1: Bryce Harper. Uh, I would actually also put uh, Juan Soto in there. Baseball is big and like the Dominican. He's probably, he's probably the top uh, Latin American player maybe. Him or Vlad pro-
3: um, yeah, Jr. Probably. probably.
1: Yeah, him or Vlad. Right, those are probably the dudes. Beyond that, people couldn't name anyone that like, they, mm-hmm. they think is a star. And so you just named five dudes who are the faces of baseball.
2: One is in New York. One. And by the Everyone way, I'm sorry, uh, well. I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm sorry to cut you off. Snug says the Yankees aren't uh, not the biggest sports team in the world. I'm not talking about soccer. I'm talking about in New- United Football. States sports, USA sports. OK, well, you well, you said in the world. So that's your uh, you Whatever. OK, the Yankees are the biggest team and the biggest known. You go to another country right now. I was in Canada right, they, everywhere. They there are Yankee, yeah, hats, Yankee all, hats all over the place that probably sure. aren't even Yankee fans. So stop no, it. Snog. No, uh, stop no, no, it. no, no. I
1: wouldn't I'm, I'm, even as a Boston person, I wouldn't deny that. They're a worldwide brand for sure. But like judge as a uh, a, a, a spokesperson as someone to be selling things, he wouldn't even be close. It's Otani. He'd be selling everything.
2: He doesn't know how to speak English. What is he selling? doesn't matter. You
1: can put his face on a billboard and everyone's going to know
2: who is. He's not selling anything. He doesn't know how to speak English. And the, the way baseball is trying to build, it, it's not Shea Otani. It's Aaron Judge who's the face of baseball. He's the captain of the New York Yankees. The Yankees are the biggest baseball team in, in, in all of sports. In all of, of all of the baseball world, it's the Yankees. When you think of baseball, you think Yankees. That's what you think. That's the facts, and that's the way I look at it. Whatever. I'm not I gonna actually argue think,
1: it. when I think baseball, I think of the Nippon fighting hand.
2: <laughs> thank you, Jeff, for calling the show, as always.
1: Well, always good. I can't wait to see if this Aaron Rodgers dream of yours comes true. I actually, and I, I
2: can't wait father. to see you eat dog crap, so thank you.
1: Listen, I'm a person of my word. I will 100% live up to it. But I just want you to mark this down. Mm -hmm. that You've been spending all this time on Aaron Rodgers. And when it doesn't happen and you're crying, I want you to be like, I was wrong,
2: Uh, bud. Goodbye, Jeff. Jeff from Tampa, as always. Thank you for, uh, you know, widening uh, widening up my horizon for today's show. So thank you. Uh, fantastic, as him and Snug are like butt buddies slash tag team partners on social media, as always. I have nothing against Snug. He's just a pain in my ass who thinks he's always right, like uh, our friend Jeff. And they're so wrong.
3: And our friend Mikey C.
2: Mikey C. Listen, I had a conversation with Mikey C today. We we love you know, going back and forth with baseball. He did mention stuff about, you know, obviously – uh the Daniel Jones move. He didn't like it, of course not. but but he said, you know, he understands why he gave him the contract. And I argued my point. And Mikey C always, you know, you you can't argue with Mikey C because Mikey C thinks he's ninety percent right. Of course. So you know, when I caught him and you know him trying to argue his points and p- pinpoint his mistake and what he said. Uh, Mikey C kind of flipped it and made it seem like he was right. Just like half oh, the people. Oh, of course. But he was wrong. And, uh, you know, whatever. You know, I'm not going to sit here and argue with people uh, if there's nothing to argue about. You know? It, listen, Jeff makes quality, you know, arguments. Is Shea Otani internationally, you know, the biggest face in baseball? maybe. I I just think Aaron Judge, when you when you think of the Yankees, you think of Pinstripes, you think of Aaron Judge, you think of baseball. That's what you think.
3: It's not only that, it's also recent. So, yeah. like, If you were to ask this question at this time last year, it probably would have been yeah. showing. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I'm
2: wrong again, Jeff, but you're the one who's wrong and you're the one who's going to eat dog poo poo. Okay? And I'm going to prove I'm right. And what are you going to say after that? You're going to sit there and say I'm wrong again, but you're wrong and I can't wait to stick it down your throat. Literally. So... Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe, Snug, maybe you should add to the bet. If Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, you have to eat dog poop. But you don't have the balls to do it. So that's what I'm going to say. You don't have the balls. So you know, maybe you should put your money where your mouth is because you think you're always right. Anyways, um, thank you to uh, Miami sports anchor and reporter Clay Ferraro for joining us. Thank you to... Um, a new friend and a guy that I have nothing but my utmost respect, former Rockies pirates and Cardinals catcher and current AT&T sports net MLB analyst, Michael McHenry, who was fantastic. He really was. Um, definitely. If you missed that interview, you guys missed a very good quality interview with one of the probably best interviews we've ever had. Absolutely. So he was fantastic. And, uh, that's not taking shots at any of the guests that uh, we've had on the show over the years. So thank you, um, to everybody, including Jeff for, you know, being Jeff, you know, and, uh, snug being snug and all the fans being all the fans. Uh, we really appreciate you guys as always. And, uh, continue to listen to us as always up Saturday, 7 PM.
3: No, we're after the game.
2: So 10 30 PM on Saturday, uh, the weekend crunch on one hundred three point nine FM. If you don't live here on Long Island, to listen to on 103.9 FM go to the LI News Radio uh look up LI News Radio look up iHeart Radio check them out and uh yeah Mike was awesome yes he was yeah. thank you to Keith thank you to everybody uh all the standout people that are sports fans that like to argue uh we want you guys to argue with us i i have no problems you you know arguing and attacking us that's that's the whole point of sports radio and uh you know, giving you something to entertain him kind of entertain you when you're bored you know it, it some of this crap on on radio and some of this crap on t v is just garbage and i i I like when Jeff calls up. I like when Jeff argues with me and gives me his craziness because I will say this, Jeff does know what he's talking about most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time uh he's a little offset sometimes on some of his uh you know his arguments, but Nevertheless I have nothing but my utmost respect for him that he calls up and he gives us content uh, to argue about so thank you to Jeff uh, thank you to all you guys thank you to all the fans out there that uh, enjoy uh, our craziness and um just everything so 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 thank you uh let's keep listening to us we'll be back on Wednesday at 7 p.m. uh again uh 10:30 p.m. on 103.9 fm Uh, The LI News Radio, uh, The Weekend Crunch, great show, great content. I'm telling you, if you haven't checked it out, and if you're a betting man, Moneyline Mania, the best handicap show, uh, you know, 15-minute segment you will listen to with some of the best. So if you're a betting man, you have to check it out. I guess that's it, Speedy. You have
3: anything to say before we go? Line mania featuring including some of the best futures bets, like the Rangers winning the Stanley Cup. Thank mm. you, Wes.
2: Uh, that probably screwed you guys, by the way. Yeah. Uh, since he said that, they uh, nah. haven't won. Really. <laughs> he they won tonight. He,
3: he could take it out on the Warriors. Somehow. By the way, Rangers. congratulations
2: <laughs> to the Islanders coming back and winning
3: that. Yeah, game, they did. You know. Very impressive. It really
2: was, and the Rangers winning so.
3: Uh, what is he saying right over here? Big p- football day tomorrow. Let's cash tickets. Yeah. No, Jeff, you're not allowed to steal that from Chaz. That's oh by Chaz's the way, I lost term. my parlay. I I did uh, That is Chaz's term, Jeff. St.
2: Louis screwed me. So, I think it was St. Louis that screwed. No, it wasn't St. Louis that No, it was it was Nashville that screwed me. Oh, wow. Phoenix beat him. Phoenix beat him. So yeah. I would have won,
3: but uh, you know. Leave it to the coyotes to ruin everything.
2: I, I don't know how that happened. Anyways. Uh, good night, and enjoy your weekend, guys. We'll see you next week.
3: This is the
0: Wide Sports Radio Network.